0: salutations welcome to pod mortem i'm renee hunter vasquez joined as always by my co-host my husband and my brother
1: hi i'm john paul vasquez hi i'm travis hunter
0: this week we're recording live from an apathetic city discussing the 1995 horror thriller seven this film was directed by david fincher and written by andrew kevin walker after a miserable time directing alien three fincher vowed to never direct another movie when the original script for Seven was mistakenly sent to him, he agreed to do it with the condition that the bleak and now iconic ending be kept. This film entertains with stellar performances and impressive set design, all while exploring heavy themes of apathy and hope. This film was requested to us by friends of the show, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Molly Gerhart, Brittany Ramitar, and Megan M. We want to thank each and every one of them for their support and also for the suggestion. So. What did you guys think of Seven the first time you saw it?
2: I don't I I won't lie, I don't remember the very first time I saw it, but I do remember watching this close to when it came out. Oh wow. And it was very confusing cuz I was young. <laughs> yeah. And you only remember Parts of the movie are like things that stick out to you, and then yeah. as a kid, things that seemed funny, but then now as an adult, it's like that's not funny nope. at all. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um, but I remember, I just remember being very confused. I do, I do remember liking the movie, uh, but watching it again now with grown-up eyes and, and a little older, I do enjoy the movie. I did enjoy the movie, but I gotta say, and I'll be honest. I think for me, I feel like I could I could take some time in between watching it. I don't feel like this is something that I need to watch immediately right after or the next day. But again, I'm not much for movies where I've got to have an Easter egg hunt to find <laughs> shit or to learn things.
1: Well, it's also very bleak. It is extremely. It I was going to say, yeah. I don't think
0: anybody should be watching this. Yeah, every day. it is
1: well that I would
0: <laughs> well, we were prepping yeah, we that's did. different
1: <laughs> don't look at my letterbox yeah. yeah um no we watched this a lot as I, I would say teens yeah um edgy teens you might say yeah who maybe might Try, be been... trying to be edgy yeah
0: <laughs> let's be honest here
1: yeah there was not enough not a lot of edge really <laughs> But we were probably, I would say, too young to grasp everything. Oh, no. Yeah. But I think that we were old enough to understand it enough to love it. Right. But I think that watching it now as an adult, one thing that really stuck out to me is the fact that it holds up so well. Okay. Yeah. I think they do a really good job of not dating this film at all. All right. All right nearly everything in the film could be you could say this took place in the 70s and the, okay yeah you could say it took place change, in the 90s change some fashions yeah. around sure. yeah oh
2: no, yeah, okay, yeah i'll give you that i because i never once was like when is this again yeah. yeah yeah
1: and and where is this again they don't even do that
0: yeah we never get
1: a name. Right. i, I kind of just figured it was new york or something well was, uh,
0: andrew kevin walker when he did write the script was living in new york okay um <laughs> yeah he had working at a tower records uh-huh and so it kind of you know I that, think, shows his yeah, outlook at the that, time. Yeah.
1: That's what I figured. But
0: yeah, it's it's purposefully never named, but it was it's based off right, of New York. Yeah. I, I would say it's safe to say.
1: It was shot in LA, which surprised yeah. the hell out of me. Really? Because it looks East Coast as fuck. Yeah. It does. They did a really good job with hell that. Hell yeah, they did. Um, but I think the thing that sticks out to me is the original premise. Yeah. The idea behind it is like, it's one of those things that you're like, how did nobody do this before? Okay. I I mean... We all know about
2: Seven Deadly Sins, but I guess you're right. I haven't I can't think of another movie that's tried to do something with it like this. No, especially not like this. Right, right.
1: The way I think that the way that it unfolds, it is very gritty. Right. Um but it only lends to what they're trying to do. Yeah. I think I I think honestly, and I'm not like trying to give away my score at the end or anything. I think that this is one of the most perfect marriages of production design, cinematography, music, and direction. Maybe one of the best ever?
0: No, I I I would agree and if you're on our Patreon, you know how hard I campaigned for this to even <laughs> be a contender to be covered. I love this. I can't remember the the like sitting down to watch it for the first time. No. But I know that we watched the shit out of it. I watched right. it a lot. And it's so special in this weird regard where I remember feeling like almost i didn't know a movie could do that yeah if that makes sense like i remember being like this is a turning point for film like i was like <laughs> it blew my fucking mind it, right. it was amazing to me and i think that when you get your shit rocked just right 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 the first time you see it it's always gonna be special hmm And this is one of those to me that will always I will always love this movie. Yeah. It will always be something special and something unique, even though since then there have been similar, not in regards to Seven Deadly Sins, but I feel like this was a bit of a trendsetter. Right. Yes,
1: absolutely. There's one film series in particular that I You know, I think- you know <laughs> but who's counting? No, nope, you know? nobody. And thankfully, they admitted the influence. They got right. it. They have to. <laughs> they, they have to. <laughs> and we'll definitely get into that quite a few times later.
0: Yeah, but it's just, it's really special. I had read that, because um, this is Fincher's second film. Yes. And he had done Alien 3... <laughs> when we were doing the intro, I was like, is it alien 3 or alien cube?
1: Cause I've heard people say both. and I don't want to sound stupid. I think it's just stylized the tiny three, like much like the seven in the middle of this. Yeah. So
0: seven. in. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. are we doing? Uh, it's, a si- we it's a sideways want. V. It's, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's like John Paul was like, if 13 ghosts wasn't okay, yeah, then this is not okay. We can't do I
1: think this is my only complaint about the film is the seven in the, <laughs> in the title. <laughs>
0: you know, we got to stand out. We got to do something different. Do we? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> But Fincher had died in Alien 3 and was quoted to say that he would rather die of colon cancer than direct another film.
1: Jesus Christ. Which is weirdly,
0: I was like, who says that? But that's what he said. But this was sent to him. He wasn't interested. Uh-huh. When Andrew Kevin Walker, the ending that we get in this film was the original ending that he wrote. Okay. And he was made to change it because it was too bleak. And we can get into like, what other endings were when we right, get to the right. ending because uh, y'all are going to be like, Are you fucking yeah. for real? Well,
1: <laughs> well, there's one that caught me off guard that on paper makes sense. And then if you think about it for five seconds, yeah, you're like, <laughs> Wait <laughs> a minute.
0: <laughs> but he would not, he read it and loved it and agreed to it, but would not do it unless he got to do the ending that we got. Right, right. And when he went up against them, Morgan Freeman backed him up, Brad Pitt. Br- Bracked him
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin like Spacey,
0: which, you know, yeah. is a piece of yeah. shit. We didn't know that at the time. Um
1: Bracked him up. <laughs> he bracked him up. Like that character from Adult Swim? Yes. Yeah.
0: Brack came. Brack was like, We're he not fucking like, like, no, doing yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they were like, We're not doing this unless you let him do it the way that he wants to right. do it. Which we so rarely see. Yes. Um, we talk a lot about studio meddling and stuff like that. So even without knowing what the other endings were, I'm so grateful that they were able to do such a bold and incredibly bleak.
3: Yeah. yeah. Ending.
0: But yeah, especially after hearing what the other ones, it's like, no. <laughs> Come and on. Man. The, mm.
1: And it is one of those things that I think everybody kind of knows a bit of the ending, whether yes. they've seen it or not. Yeah. Cause it's so iconic. What's the, in the box. Think, yeah. yeah. The We've line said that a hundred times. Yeah. 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 And we haven't even covered it yet. We're no. doing it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did want to piggyback on what you were saying about Andrew Kevin Walker. He was, as you said, working at the Tower Records. Yeah. It was very inspirational to me to re- I read it in Uproxx. Mm-hmm. He had said that he was like, this is going to be my last week at Tower Records. I'm making it my last week at Tower Records with this script. Oh, nice.
0: Love that. Yeah.
1: There Love you go. That. And the reason that they changed the ending at first when he had to rewrite the script, uh-huh. it was bought by a company called Penta. And the person that was attached to direct was Jeremiah Chechik, who directed national lampoon's christmas vacation uh, <laughs> and so he said yeah this Stop is not it. the griswolds would never, <laughs> they would oh, never. They no and so Chevy I, chase would yeah, never be involved no. in this i hope not <laughs> right um but that's why and then thankfully it was sometimes the greatest things that happen are fucking mistakes yeah sending him the wrong script yeah brilliant
0: yeah and then it would i'm sure david fincher would be like get this shit absolutely off my desk. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the thing about it is the whole alien alien Three alien, alien cubes. Cube? Yeah. yeah, is if that wasn't such a clusterfuck for him personally, he wouldn't have fought that hard, yeah. right? Right. To keep what he wanted. So I mean, you know, uh, things happen for a reason. The perfect yeah. storm. Yeah. yeah. Although this film is quite nihilistic, I am optimistic. In <laughs> yeah, you're that. being
0: very hopeful, <laughs> full of hope.
1: I will say, speaking of it being nihilistic, there are a lot of big ideas in this film Mm -hmm. that completely went over my head when I was a kid Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, not even one, like, ounce of the subtext even made it into my brain. I was like, I just want to see some freaky shit. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it delivers. Oh, it does. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now, before we punish this film, we would like to show a warning for spoilers Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's atone. So the film opens with Detective Somerset, played by Morgan Freeman, standing in his kitchen. The street noise is loud as he gets ready for his day. He puts on a clean shirt, ties his tie, and gathers his things lined up neatly on his dresser his badge, his pocket knife, a pen. He puts on his neatly pressed coat before switching off his lamp and leaving.
1: So, already in the opening, you're like, oh, I know exactly who this guy is. Oh, yeah. 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 It's kind of very well done. I will say <laughs> there is a decent amount of time spent on and with his pocket knife. Yes. That I expected more
0: payoff yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i agree but we do not i was like oh that, that, that knife <laughs> that's chekhov's knife <laughs> not really
1: and i honestly forget because in my head i, I see this as like a two-person lead film yeah, right. two-person lead film i guess i could say but morgan freeman is the lead of this film yeah he is oh yeah and i always forget that
0: and it's interesting too the way that you said we know exactly who this guy is because there are tropes played with here yeah mm-hmm. like In lesser hands, this would be incredibly cliche. Oh, yeah. But we take these familiar things and these familiar, like, prospects and make them something more, which I'm always here for. Yes. But we immediately cut from the order of Somerset's home to a crime scene. A dead body, played by Andrew Kevin Walker. That's amazing. (laughs) The writer (laughs) lies on the ground in a pool of blood. Detective Taylor, played by Daniel Zacapa, explains the situation. The neighbors heard arguing, which is nothing new. And then the blast of a shotgun. He says, it's all done, but the paperwork, which I mean, like, again, we've barely started this. You already feel how desensitized. Yeah. How and even more so because Somerset sees drawings pinned up and asks if the kids saw because clearly there's a child around. Right. Detective Taylor scoffs at this, saying that it doesn't matter, (laughs) which is like,
1: well, yeah, yeah, the
0: the level of just jaded and it's like, Look, we already see what happened. Let's write it up. and Let's just fucking be done with it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow.
1: I think the attitude of the dude altogether is just like bonkers to me. Yeah. Because he's like, did the kid? Are you fucking? He's like, oh, who <laughs> gives a <the> fuck? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, man, I'm going to be so glad when you're That's gone. That's what he <laughs> <guessed>. <laughs> he, t- he says that
0: they'll all be glad to get rid of Somerset because it's always questions like this with uh, him. <laughs>
1: oh, they're in Gotham. Oh, okay. No, yeah, okay you're, right,
3: you're right. You're right. I got right.
1: it. I got it. It's just painful.
0: But he says that he doesn't (laughs) give a fuck if the kids saw. The man's dead and the wife killed him. Everything else has nothing to do with them. Wow. Yeah, this guy's a class act.
1: (laughs) Indeed. I did want to say, since he's playing the corpse, uh, Andrew Kevin Walker. Yeah. Forgot to mention, because I thought this would make everyone at the table happy. Not only did he write Sleepy Hollow, the film. Oh, nice. He was the script doctor on, obviously, it makes sense, Fight Club okay Hell yeah event horizon <laughs>
2: oh shit
1: and stir of echoes
0: oh
2: all right nice you love Very to
0: nice. see it yeah. it always comes full circle it does <laughs> right.
1: back to kevin Baker. yeah <laughs> always always that's the whole game dude yes right. oh yeah <laughs> and we, we won <laughs> yeah what do we win bacon <laughs> yeah, bacon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: but detective taylor walks away toward a huge blood splatter on the window shade as detective mills played by brad pitt comes up the stairs He approaches Somerset and introduces himself. The two step out onto the sidewalk where rain is pouring down. And if I'm describing a scene outside, (laughs) imagine pouring rain because it rains the entire film. Yeah. Mills explains that he just got into town 20 minutes ago and they sent him here. Somerset proposes that they go to a bar, but Mills insists that they go to the precinct because they don't have much time for the transition. Somerset starts to walk and Mills follows. I did watch a video. I cannot remember which one because I watched so much shit on this movie in mm-hmm. the last few days, but they pointed out that Somerset is just walking mm-hmm. and Mills is like walking in and out of people. He's almost bumping into people. He's getting wet by the rain. <laughs> like the the dichotomy in the way that these two operate and how familiar Somerset is with the city and how to move within it. And Mills is just, he's brand new. He just got here 20 minutes ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, even the little shit. I'm going to really try not to be annoying. <laughs> even the little shit. It's just like there was so much thought. There was just so much thought put into it.
1: No, and it's brilliant. And I will say the second like Mills pops up on the staircase and he's just chewing his gum. I'm like, yes. oh, yeah, he's going to be. A-. <laughs> the odd couple. Yeah, they did say. And this like fucking made me laugh because this is how much studios don't believe in their audience. Oh, God. They said and they were worried after they cast Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. They were like, "I think people are going to be afraid that this is a lethal weapon ripoff
0: because one guy's black and one guy's white.
1: That's all it takes, oh apparently." I guess. And yeah. they, they, the studio was worried.
0: And we're I was idiots.
1: Like, we, you know, there's the different actors. It's yeah. Not- yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I but, mean,
2: unless he's going to say that he's too old for this, then shit, we have yeah. a problem. Then then we, yeah, I,
1: uh, I don't think it, I. Yeah, it's
2: not the same thing. I promise. At all, yeah.
0: I thought it was funny because I read that somerset was offered to al pacino <laughs> <laughs> and he turned it down and i think that would have just been wild to see
1: oh yeah it that would have changed a, everything that's a yes. totally different yes. vibe
0: um and mills was first offered to denzel washington
1: wow huh which again is a, you com- know? it's a
0: totally different yeah. he could have done it yeah
1: yeah totally
0: different vibe but he said no and then later said that he regretted saying no i get after it. He saw yeah. it but back to the street Somerset says that he meant to ask Mills something when they spoke on the phone before. Why here? Mills is confused, but Somerset says that he's made such an effort to get transferred here. And his first question was why? Mills says, though, that it's probably the same reason that Somerset had before he decided to quit. Somerset is taken aback by this, saying that he just met him. He spells out his question for Mills. Mills fought to get reassigned here, and he's never seen it done that way. But Mills says that he doesn't want them to start kicking each other in the balls. He defers to Somerset saying that he's the one calling the shots, which is like, okay, yeah,
1: we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But when Somerset tells him that he needs to look and listen, Mills sets the record straight. He's already worked in homicide for five years. Somerset says that he hasn't worked homicide here, though, Mm. and that he should remember that for the next seven days. He walks away, leaving Mills to ruminate on what he just said.
1: Eat shit, Brad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He, like,
0: kicks him in the chair. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will say, um, when you think of the trope of seven days till retirement, yeah,
0: exactly. You already
1: guess how it's, but you're wrong.
0: Yes. You're wrong. That's what I'm saying. This is so, like, a lot of this is so familiar Yeah. that it's like, oh, the new guy's coming in, the new hot-headed cop, Mm. and you have the old one that's already got one foot out the door, and you have got seven days left to retire. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I already know this story, but no, no. I don't. yeah,
1: and I will say as we've alluded to several times, this is the first of many things that saw kind of uh, was inspired by.
0: She will say that
1: this uh, disgusting, rundown, nondescript city. Yeah, no. that uh, even even the apartments are worrisome. <laughs> yeah, like the best living spaces. You ever realize that and saw that even somebody's house? You're like, oh my god! It's like <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. There's someone around that corner, isn't there? <laughs> We cut to Somerset reading in his bed that night. The street noise is still loud, men yelling at each other and dogs barking. He takes his glasses off and starts a metronome, but the noise is still drone on. The metronome ticks obediently as Somerset
1: closes his eyes. So I saw the metronome as one of two things. One, it being kind of his idea of order. Yeah. It's keeping the beat. It's making everything, making sure everything's on time. Mm-hmm. But it's also, and he doesn't know it, a ticking time bomb.
0: Mm, that I, I can see something later. Mm. Yeah, interesting. All right. But thunder claps, and we head into the opening. I off mic. We were talking, and I was like, "Does anybody else feel like American Horror Story borrowed from this?"
1: Borrowed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're, you know, they're. I like their openings. I do. American Horror Story. I
2: I, I will say that as we get into the opening or this little credit sequence for the movie, um, I, I know this was before, but American Horror Story really hurt this for me. Because
0: it made you think right, of Right,
2: because it made me think of American Horror Story. I get that. So I was like, oh man, I'm already starting off on a negative, not because of the because movie. Because of nothing the movie did. <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. the movie did, but of a memory of a different... Entirely different show uh-huh. that, that came I way d- after. didn't take too kindly to. That had nothing, yeah, to-, <laughs> had nothing,
1: had nothing to do with us.
0: It's hilarious.
1: They had said that um, the New York Times had called this title sequence one of the most important design innovations of the 1990s. Wow. Because of how many people kind of, not ripped it off, but title sequences were pretty boring around this time. Yeah, yeah. It's your text on screen. Yeah. But I mean, even look at like uh, Dead Silence it's this
0: yeah like
1: so many you films. know what else yeah. that we covered
0: uh recently What's the, that um texas chainsaw remake
1: precisely oh yeah, yeah. like very yeah, reminiscent so many films took how interesting yeah. and
0: american horror story Yeah, of
1: course <laughs> it was done by a guy called kyle cooper i want to give him credit because yeah holy shit and those uh the names and shit well they're not shit that's <laughs> the names and shit i'm getting too comfortable right um they're handwritten by him Oh, that's cool. So it's not a font that's used. Yeah. They fucking batted the camera and like in focus, out of focus. Mm -hmm. And it really does like what you see, because I know you're about to describe it. Yeah. It gives you this thing of a specter hanging over everything, because who and what we see, we don't see for a while again. For a
0: very long time. So it's really
1: important to set this up.
0: Yeah. But Closer Precursor by Nine Inch Nails Plays As pages on a diary are turned and the credits appear. Scratched white onto the black screen. Hands perform numerous tasks, including using a razor to slice away pieces of their fingertips.
3: Hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. Writing meticulously in cramped lettering and composition books. Turning pages. Pasting photos onto paper. Words are crossed out with sharpie. Needles are handled and threaded as papers of a diary are bound together. The word God is meticulously cut out of the words and God we trust on a dollar as Trent Reznor sings, you bring me closer to God.
1: Now, I also laughed at that because when right after he says God, it says directed by David Fincher.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all
1: right. (laughs) A little bit of ego there. Um, I did want to talk about the fact that it was closer precursor. Mm -hmm. I... I laughed a little bit because it kind of was the precursor to him working with Trent Reznor a lot Mm -hmm. because Trent Reznor scored Gone Girl, The Social Network, like I think four or five of Fincher's films. Damn. Uh, All right. Mank, he scored like so they really started something here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the surprising thing about this opening sequence is that it was done out of necessity because they didn't have the money to film the beginning that they wanted. They have a deleted scene where this film is supposed to open with Morgan Freeman visiting a house. Well, he's not Morgan Freeman. He's (laughs) Detective Somerset.
0: He's like, I'm Morgan Freeman. Freeman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, Somerset visits a house that he's going to buy when he retires. Right. And he takes a piece of the wallpaper off and takes it with him. And that's that flower you see on his line of things when he's getting ready.
0: Oh.
1: And so what they were going to do is have it open with him on the subway going from that serene, ideal house back into the bowels of the city to the city and then it was gonna you know maybe closer to god there right yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um they didn't have the money to film the subway part and morgan freeman oh, was wow. uh i think he had a scheduling conflict. he had
0: already pieced out yeah, yeah. like Goodbye. damn
1: but it's good what we got yeah, yeah they should have did like
2: rocky i learned that some of that what they did not have permits for that no shit. They yeah, just did it. They were just filming Sylvester Stallone running through the city and people reacting is genuine. I feel like that's
0: hilarious. Times were wild. Yeah. I know. You could really do whatever <laughs> the fuck you wanted. But it cuts to Monday. Sirens wail outside as Mills wakes up with his wife, Tracy, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, asleep on his chest. Now, I did read that Brad Pitt had to convince Gwyneth Paltrow to do this because she was completely uninterested they were dating at the time
1: oh that's right
0: like at the time of filming right right and so he convinced her to meet with david fincher and david fincher was like come on (laughs) and she did it but she was not interested and i guess david fincher was like can you like ask her yeah (laughs) and yeah i thought that was pretty cool
1: well when you look at her filmography this seems it's an outlier Yeah. yeah yeah
0: But he slides out from under her and very sleepily puts on a tie as he sips his coffee. One more very silly thing. Brad Pitt bought the ties for Mills because he wanted him to have bad taste, Mm. bad fashion. And like I feel like even watching it the way that they're all crumpled on like a random hanger and watching Somerset get dressed and then watching him roll out of bed and put like it's just funny to me. (laughs)
1: It speaks to them because he's even like bumping into shit. Yeah. Yeah. It it does, but they both just look like cops.
0: They do. (laughs) Yeah, they do. (laughs) But his home, some of their things still in boxes, is in stark contrast to Somerset's. He sits next to the bed and snatches up the phone next to Tracy as soon as it rings, but it still wakes her up. He jots something down on his hand before hanging the phone up. He and Tracy have a cute little exchange as she cleans the sleep out of his eyes and they kiss before he heads off. But I was like, I always think of, remember in Dreamcatcher when they're talking about where's the cat that shit in my mouth? Yeah. They're like morning <laughs> breath thing.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah, like, don't man, come on, dude.
0: Don't you can't be all slobbing down It's like I I the, anyway slobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. That grosses me up. No, that's
2: I, bad. I get it, but I mean, if if you're with that person, I don't give a fuck.
0: You don't care about morning breath. I, I mean, I, I, I care
2: about brushing my teeth. Yeah, but again, you're my wife. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm like, dude. But mean, how how fucking mood killing is it if you're like, give me some sugar? <laughs> 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 Damn, what are you oh, doing with your God. mouth? The right night in the middle of the night, <laughs> <laughs> just eating little pieces. <laughs>
0: <laughs> eating onions <in> your <laughs> <throat> like, what the fuck? you
1: gotta talk about this
0: <laughs> but we cut to mills standing outside in the pouring rain holding two cups of coffee somerset arrives and goes into his trunk pulling out flashlights and baggies before closing it and walking right past mills i know that he's like the sage the mm-hmm. wise one he is a dick to him in this entire sequence
1: i was personally offended with the coffee
0: <laughs> yeah When Mills offers him a cup of coffee, he refuses it, and Mills just leaves it outside. Well,
2: he had to get his tools.
0: He did have to get his tools, (laughs) but he's like just... Like he's not even here. Yeah, I don't know
2: why because he sits down the extra cup of coffee and I'm like, no, just drink both drink of them, yeah. dude. Yeah.
1: Both. <laughs> but how funny would the rest of the scene be if he's double fisting? Yeah. <laughs> 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 both trying to coffees. Get a Start man. Yeah, it's early. <laughs> it's
0: gonna be a long day. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a long week. Yeah. You're getting both of raining. them. Plus
2: it's raining. You know they're getting watered down. Uh, You're gonna yeah. need both of
0: them. Drink it, dude. Yeah. Fair point. The two cups equals one. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're watered down. They're very tiny. <laughs> yes. Also,
1: I will say I understand where somerset's coming from it is like the most like severe case of senioritis it is yeah you're just ready to get the fuck out but
0: like it makes me sad thinking about mills getting him a coffee
1: yeah uh, yeah that upset me because he's not to do that i bet somerset would like yeah
0: that (laughs) makes me really sad get it away from (laughs) me yeah i don't fucking want that but they follow officer davis played by john cassini inside as he tells them that nothing has been touched and this is just the way he found the scene Somerset asks what time death was established, and Officer Davis just reiterates that he didn't touch anything, but that the victim has had his face in a plate of spaghetti for about 45 minutes at this point.
1: Sounds like me at an Italian restaurant, right? (laughs) Uh, Zing. Everybody knows me for my zing.
0: (laughs) Don't go there. (laughs) Mills is annoyed. I think justifiably that no one checked for vital signs. Yeah. But Davis yeah. insists that unless he can breathe spaghetti sauce, he's not breathing. I mean,
1: I, I get I that, guess. but I that, mean, <laughs> that, that yeah.
0: may not have been the case when you yeah, got no
1: there. Yeah. He's and he's timed it. It's been
2: forty-five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been just you just left. Nobody he's touched like, anything. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that's not. Yeah. <laughs> Mills is not impressed, but Davis just doubles down. The victim is sitting in his own waist, and if he was still alive, he would have stood up by now. But <laughs> so you can't.
2: All right. No, yeah. Okay.
0: Mills condescendingly tells Davis okay before leaving his cup of coffee with him and following Somerset inside. So he didn't even drink his own. Nope. RIP to the yeah. lost to the <laughs> coffee casualties.
1: The wasted. That's, yeah. the, that's, a, that's the real crime. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's the worst part. Inside, the house is dark. And Somerset pulls on his gloves as he asks Mills what was the point of the conversation he was getting into with Davis. Mills asks how many times he could have potentially found a dead body that wasn't dead. But Somerset tells him to just drop it. I think that Mills is 100% correct.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: True. He flicks on a light switch, but no light comes on. They continue through the house with a flashlight and Mills reacts to a smell. They finally come to the kitchen where bugs skitter across the floor and Mills remarks that they should call Guinness because they've got a record here. An obese man, gluttony victim played by Bob Mack sits with his back to them at the kitchen table. As promised by detective Davis, he is slumped over and his face is buried in a bowl of spaghetti.
1: On top of spaghetti. No, I was <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, I do want to say that it surprised me to learn that the actor who plays gluttony Bob he had to undergo ten hours of makeup. Damn. Holy shit! And it is difficult because he is literally in this spaghetti, yeah, the oh whole time. Oh my god! And the no, ma- I couldn't do it. The makeup was done by Rob Bottin from Oh shit! The Thing. Oh, all right. Which is amazing. Yeah, but I was just surprised to learn that because honestly, this didn't have to be a real person. No. no, not at all. For what is done here,
0: I did. Read, they dumped cockroaches on him. Oh, come on! Because the the home is infested. Yeah, and I read that between takes, Brad Pitt was standing next to him and batting them off of him because they were they were crawling everywhere. They yeah. dumped a thing of cockroaches on him, and to make up for all of this discomfort, David Fincher did something, and we will we'll, we'll get to it in a second.
1: That worries me first of all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it in a
0: second. It's so silly, but yeah. we'll get to it.
1: I will say along with those cockroaches, the Set itself feels gross. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty dirty. Like, yes. It leaps off the screen. Yeah. It does. In a weird way. The production designer was this guy called Arthur Max, and he had said that they actually fashioned this set off of a real crime scene. Oh, wow. What surprised me is that he worked with Fincher on a bunch of commercials previously. Yeah. But this is his first feature film that he was oh, a okay. production designer on. Oh, nice. damn. Baby's and, Day Out. It's yeah. Fucking knocked
0: it out of the park. Yeah. But Somerset inspects a shelf completely stocked with cans of spaghetti sauce. Mills asks who said this was a homicide, and Somerset said that no one did. Mills diagnoses the man's death as a result of a coronary episode, but Somerset makes no comment. He stoops to look underneath the table with his flashlight and shoots Mills a knowing look. Underneath the table, the victim's ankles and wrists are bound together with razor wire, which... Heart attack doesn't really do that.
1: No, it doesn't. No, Oh (laughs) no, you were so serious. Mm -mm.
0: Mills marvels at this, abandoning his heart attack theory as he jots in his notebook. They scan the contents of the table, plates and containers with remnants of food, cockroaches having the literal time of their lives. Mills tells the story of a case that he worked. A man was found dead on the ground with a knife in his back and everyone assumed it to be murder. There was a big insurance payout involved and it turned out that the guy had taken a knife and stabbed it into his own shoulder blade multiple times.
1: I just I have so I have trouble scratching my back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was how <laughs> oh, that's even possible. I mean, I
0: feel like I've seen something on something where like they put the handle of the knife like in the door like in the door oh, by yeah. the hinges and then you just like back that thing up into it. <laughs> For yeah. lack of a better term. Good lord. That's I uh,
2: wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that I was telling Jackson because he was telling he was talking to me about my tattoos. Uh huh. And I was like, when you're doing something or you're fighting or whatever, you don't notice the pain or whatever at the moment. Adrenaline. Yeah. I said, but when you're voluntarily getting a tattoo in a sensitive mm-hmm. place, or having to stab yourself in the shoulder. Yeah, the, one, one of those things, Yeah, you're yeah. feeling
0: that.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, you're gonna feel it's that pain. A
0: moment of like record scratch. You're probably wondering how oh, yeah. I'm happened.
1: <laughs> you're making me think of uh, Scream Four.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our reasons. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Somerset inspects the closely cropped hair of the victim and asks Mills to be quiet. Mills follows instruction, but becomes distracted when he notices a bucket under the table. Somerset asks what's in it, and Mills leans in close underneath the table to inspect the contents. He reacts in disgust, jumping back up and reporting that there's vomit inside.
1: I know he can't move it because it's a crime scene, but he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to dive. He really
0: went for it. I mean, it could have been acid. Like, he's just like, I don't know, what is it?
1: He comes back a skeleton. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know.
0: Somerset asks if there's any blood in the vomit, and Mills says that he didn't see any, but Somerset is welcome to look for himself. He asks twice if Somerset thinks the victim could have been poisoned, but he ignores him both times. yeah. Dr. O'Neill, played by Peter Crombie, a.k.a. <laughs> Crazy Joe DiVola from Seinfeld. I was like, I was scared when I saw him, but I'm like, no, he's one of the good guys. Yeah. He's one of the good guys. I was like,
1: there's your fucking killer, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, case
0: closed. <laughs> yes. But he comes in and inspects the body.
1: He has a hair on his tongue.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he checks the vitals and says that forensics is waiting outside. Mills tells Dr. O'Neill hello, but Somerset tells him to go help the other officers question the neighbor's. It's so mean. Yeah,
2: it is. I was like, come on, man. He just got here.
1: Mm -hmm. And you're kind of supposed to be showing him the ropes." Yeah. Yeah. Although I mean, it is shit that needs to get done. But the way that
0: he says it is so dismissive. If he, why don't you go help? It's like when a little kid wants to help you make dinner and you're like, yeah, why don't you hold this part? It's (laughs) like, it's a very,
1: it's,
0: I was like, man, that's mean.
1: If he had accepted the coffee earlier, would it appear as mean? Yes. Okay.
0: (laughs) This is clearly a blow to Mills, but Somerset just tells him to send in forensics on his way out. He's like, damn. (laughs) Mills leaves after a moment. Dr. O'Neill lifts the victim's head out of the bowl and declares him to be dead, and Somerset thanks him for his expertise.
1: I don't know why I saw him lifting the head as unnecessary. Yeah. He's
0: like, I want to fucking... What was he eating? He's like, I want to see. No, it was spaghetti. It was spaghetti. (laughs) It was, in fact, spaghetti. As they drive through the pouring rain, Mills fiddles with his pen before finally asking Somerset if he's seen his file and the things that he's done. Somerset's like, nope. Wow. Mills informs him that he's already walked a beat and knocked on doors. His badge says detective, just like Somerset's. But Somerset says that he needed to worry about the integrity of the scene and not whether or not Mills felt like he had enough time on the playing field. I mean... But it's not like he was hurting anything. He 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 said hello to the fucking dude. (laughs) He's like, oh, buddy, you're out (laughs) of
1: here. Why? Well, you know how it is, people being on thin ice without even... I guess, yeah. (laughs) Why the fuck are you breathing? Get Get out of here.
0: But Mills sincerely asks that Somerset just not jerk him off. Which Why
2: a, am I going fit. first or what? Oh Anyone? my god, Brad, what are we talking about? Oh. You, Brad <laughs> <laughs> is Detective Mills. Well, he says it a few times. So I was like, he come does. On. He does. He
1: does. I did kind of want to comment on the way that this is shot in the car. Mm-hmm. You have it back and forth, one side Somerset, one side Mills. Yeah. yeah. If you notice, and they did talk about it on commentary only as a matter of it being an accident mm-hmm. on mills's side there's a bunch of lights from the different buildings they're passing
0: mm-hmm.
1: on somerset's side it is drab and nothing and i thought that that really plays into a conversation that's coming later
0: oh wow and that was an accident
1: yes wow, wow okay but it seems s- intentional yeah, right, right.
0: that's cool in the autopsy room mills remarks at the size of the victim asking how he was able to fit through the door but somerset says that it's clear that he never left his house i will say this was the consolation prize from fincher for really putting this man through hell with the cockroaches and the prosthetics and everything like that he made because this is not a real person laying on the table um he made him have a big penis that was his all he's right. like, sorry about all that, but, but you
1: know. But the thing is, is like he's like, no, I still went through that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that doesn't change anything. Yeah, um, hilarious and ridiculous. Yeah, but, yeah. how about some
2: steak? Sure, you know, yeah. take me out at once a month. Once a you know month, month yeah, For, yeah, For how The rest of
0: my For, life yeah, forever.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, if you're gonna throw roaches on me, it's gonna be forever. Yeah, yeah something. No, yeah, yeah.
0: But the coroner, Doctor Santiago, played by Reg E. Cathey. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I was, was like, so excited. Fuck? I was like, I do not remember him being at in all. this. Not at all. And he's only in the one scene, but he's always such a fucking. Treat. Yeah.
1: The first thing I ever saw him in was House of Cards, which was produced so by good. David Fincher.
0: Yeah, it makes sense.
1: So, but seeing honestly watching the list of names in the opening titles. Yeah surprise the fuck out of me. And to see all these people pop up, it's an incredible cast. But
0: he's always so great. He is. But he holds up a bloody bag containing the victim's stomach, shocked by its size and the fact that it stretches. When Mills doesn't understand, he shows the inside of the victim, where his insides had stretched around his stomach. Somerset asks if he ate until he burst, but Dr. Santiago clarifies, he didn't completely burst, but he was hemorrhaging internally. Mills asks if he died by eating, and Santiago's like, "Yes and no." It's like, dude, Dude. you're really you're not giving us (laughs) anything. You're not giving us anything. Noting bruises on the victim's temple, Somerset asks if it could have been made by a gun being pressed against his head, and Santiago says, "Yes, if it was pressed hard enough." Mills thinks this is the case, and finally concedes that this is a homicide.
1: I. I did laugh because Mills treats it like an episode of Law and Order. Yeah. yeah. He's like, we got ourselves a homicide. Somerset looks at him like, what the What f- are you <laughs>
3: doing?
0: Like, You saw the, the tied ankles and, and wrists. Yes. Yeah. You saw the vomit. But like, yeah. clearly that something was going on.
1: We already knew. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Back at the office, Somerset says that the murderer put a bucket beneath the victim and kept serving him food. And since Dr. Santiago says that this could have transpired over 12 hours, he clearly took his time. The victim's throat was swollen, and there was even a point where he had passed out. The killer kicked him at this point, and then he burst.
1: I don't know how he knows all of that. Yeah. Not, especially I, not the passing out? <laughs> yeah, because there, it's not... He kept a diary. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I fucking just, like, I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> but that's, I mean, for the... He doesn't honestly really even know what caused him to burst. The killer no, kicked, he kicked him. Yeah. He could have punched it him. It was a boot-shaped bruise. He could have
0: punched him. Yeah, I don't. It, it, there's a lot of reaching here, but okay. I'll allow it because it's Morgan Freeman, and he always knows what he's talking about.
1: That is true. All right. Well, except that one thing. Yeah. Right. Well. <laughs> we don't have to talk about. But that. anyway.
0: They're explaining this to the police captain played by R. Lee Ermey, who another. I also did not remember being yeah. in this.
1: Yeah, another surprise. They said he auditioned for a role that we won't see until the end of the film, if you understand what I'm saying.
0: No fucking way.
1: Yes. And they said, dude, you played it with no sympathy. There's... Would you like to be the captain instead? And he's like, yes. The...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. He's yelling in their face. Yeah. <laughs> That's... What? Yeah.
1: And okay. it, that would not have been the same. No. No.
0: But he's looking through crime scene photos, and Somerset sums up that if you want to kill someone, you could just shoot them. You don't risk the time it takes to do something like this. The captain doesn't buy it, though. He thinks that someone had an issue with the victim and just decided to torture him.
1: That's horseshit. Like, yeah. that's-
0: he's like, no, this, is- this happens every day.
2: <laughs> that's a lot more than... I've got a problem with you. Yes.
1: Like a lot more. A lot. And with everything that you've seen, there's obviously some kind of message. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instead of just being like, no, he hated that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was that guy in particular. (laughs) Somerset says that there were two receipts in the grocery bags. So in the middle of everything, the murderer had to stop, leave to buy more food, and then come back.
1: That's unbelievable. That
0: is a lot. Yeah. This means nothing to the captain, though. And when he looks over at Mills, Mills does not back Somerset up. Somerset is confident that this is the beginning of something. The captain says that it's only one dead guy and Somerset doesn't need to get his big brain cooking on this. Abruptly, Somerset is like, I need to be reassigned. (laughs) This is when Mills finally sits up and protests somerset says that this cannot be his last job but the captain says that he's gone in six days regardless and it won't be the first time that he's left unfinished business which was rude
2: wow i know why are you bringing up old shit The new guys (laughs) right there yeah
0: not in front of mills yeah you're like Like, look
1: this dude can't close a case yeah
0: (laughs) somerset argues that those other cases were brought as close to a conclusion as they could have been then he drops the bomb that this should not be mills's first assignment he tells the captain that it's too soon for Mills, as Mills box that this isn't his first assignment, and that Somerset could say all of this to his face.
1: But I mean, but he is kinda—he's in the room. Yeah. Yeah, but he, that would
0: piss me off. That yeah. he's like, look, he can't. I was like, I'm right here. I'm right here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's a little
2: hot-headed. Yeah, but I mean, I get it. I get it both ways. But he, it—it it was funny to me because he is. Like just not yeah. acting like he's there at all. I was <laughs> like, dude, he is still. Yeah, there. It is, yeah.
1: <laughs> now and that that is ill manners to say he when he's right there. He's yeah. right there. I'll, I'll give you that.
0: So Somerset does say it to his face. Mills asks if he can speak to the captain in private because obviously this is a personal thing, but the captain just tells him to shut up. Mills is really (laughs) getting it from all sides, from all sides.
1: But it is funny that Mills is like, say it to my face. Now, can I speak to you outside? (laughs) 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 That's a bit much.
0: It is. His feelings are hurt. Hypocrite. The captain tells Somerset that he knows he doesn't have anyone else to put on this. Mills is like, well, then give it to me. He's like, if he doesn't want it, fuck him. Yeah. The captain says no, and that he's assigning Mills to something else. Then he dismisses him from the room. It's like God damn,
2: yeah. Which is funny because he just told Somerset that he that can't. he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. he's like well, it doesn't work that way. He's like, it, it'll just, work. it'll
0: yeah. 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 work that way if I need it to work yeah. that way.
1: Everybody's a contradiction.
0: Yeah. With Mills gone, the captain tells Somerset that he's stuck with this case. Somerset takes the case file and leaves the office. Now it's Tuesday. At a newsstand, we see newspapers with the headline that a defense attorney has been murdered. We cut to District Attorney Martin Talbot, played by Richard Roundtree. Shaft. I was like, what? I I couldn't believe it. But he's being hounded by the press. He agrees to answer questions for 10 minutes and 10 minutes only before quickly letting them know that he's not giving out any information about the case. It's like, well, then what question? What can
1: I ask? (laughs) There was a woman at the front of the line in the press conference. Yeah. Looked ex- and it, not Laurie Metcalf looked exactly like Debbie Salt from Scream 2. Specifically like I Debbie like, that Salt. Is.
0: <laughs> Mills slinks past him but catches the eye of a TV reporter played by Dominique Jennings. She follows him to get a comment, but he isn't having it. We follow him through the halls until he finally arrives at the crime scene. A very high end office.
1: Before he makes it to the crime scene, mm-hmm. he walks past all these officers and police tape. Yeah the officers that are there you literally hear them say they go who is this kid and someone goes hot shot it's like he's oh, right yeah. there that's too much. I was, I was like what the fuck is that yeah, uh, dude that's too okay, much that's... a little on the nose yeah <laughs> that's the new kid yeah what it's like come on man
0: that's a lot
1: and he's the look on his face is like oh i knew this one yeah. everywhere
0: i go i can't go anywhere Two CSIs collect evidence on the floor, but when Mills arrives, he dismisses them, telling them to go get a coffee. He sits at the victim's desk and looks up at the two TVs on either side of a piece of art. The anchor woman, played by Beverly Burke, is discussing the murder of a defense attorney and throws the footage to Talbot, who is still being hounded by reporters. When he's asked if this case presents a conflict of interest to the officers, Talbot is offended by the question and says absolutely not. Mills is watching intently as Talbot assures the press that they have their best man on the team and this will be the definition of swift justice.
1: So two things there. One, swift justice, you're just setting him up for failure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
0: that's a really big promise to make. When you know nothing, we're still processing the crime scene. They're
1: literally in the process of doing that. Yeah. But the other thing is I always thought it was funny when they say... That they've got their best man on the case because they're like, usually we just throw a piece of shit on this butt yeah. because it's you. Because, yeah.
0: <laughs> right now, we're going to get the good guys. Yeah. He was free. <laughs> they're getting what? Samuel Jackson and The Rock from the other guys. Yeah. There you go, yeah. Putting well, them on the case. No. <laughs> Mills switches off the TV and we finally see the floor where he's standing. Next to a large blood stain in the carpet, the word greed is spelled out in blood. On the desk, Mill's eyes, a photographed picture of a woman whose eyes have been circled in blood.
1: So the first crime scene could be seen as just a crime scene. Y- oh, yeah. But this one, seeing the word greed, it's like, now we're cooking with gas. Yeah. Yeah, this is... We got it.
0: it this is staging. Yes. Like, this was purposefully set up. hmm Especially when we see the crime scene photos later.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. And the picture of his wife this is this is a and again I know I'm gonna bring this up quite a few times this is a jigsaw level of love it yeah love it pressure there's there's <laughs> one later
0: where I'm like this is literally a jigsaw <laughs> yeah.
1: t- yes t- like it, it's a, it's a trap <laughs> Literally.
0: <laughs> Back at the precinct, the captain sidles past a custodian played by George Christie who's scratching Somerset's name off of his office door. Inside his office, Somerset types away when the captain says that the defense attorney Eli Gold was murdered this morning after someone broke into his law firm and bled him to death. Hmm. Somerset keeps typing. But when the captain says that the murderer wrote greed on the floor, he finally has his attention. I keep calling him the captain because he does not have a name.
3: No, I just want to be clear. There's like like
0: a comic book like he he doesn't have a name. (laughs) The captain says that Mills is heading up the investigation and Somerset asked the custodian to stop scratching his name off of the door. He says it like he's like, like stop i need to focus or whatever but it's very very telling well
1: my first of all number one can you do that when i'm not here (laughs) yeah no shit get
0: the (laughs) fuck out like this is not yours anymore
1: i did hear on commentary they said that the custodian was played by george christie yeah who apparently was like a prolific entertainment columnist oh uh,
2: all right. wow yeah
1: he randomly got the part i think david fincher didn't know who he was and so they were like oh we've sent a car for george christie he's like he's in it for like why are we sending a car for someone that's gonna be in it for like five yeah. seconds and then later on he's like oh, all okay. right, oh, oh shit. <laughs> that's crazy
0: because all he does i don't even know if he talks he just looks annoyed at him yeah. like that's yeah. all he does when
1: he tells him to stop he looks pissed well
0: he's like i'm doing my fucking job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to leave or you don't <laughs> But the captain asks what he's going to do with himself. And Somerset says that maybe he'll work on a farm or fix his house. But the captain says that he won't be a cop anymore. Somerset reminds him that that's the whole idea. The captain tells him honestly that he doesn't think he's leaving at all. Somerset launches off into a story about a man who was attacked while walking his dog. His watch and his wallet are stolen. And while he's lying on the sidewalk, the attacker stabbed both of his eyes. He says that this just happened about four blocks away last night. He doesn't understand this place anymore.
1: I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I'm only laughing because I thought the story was going to turn into an allegory. No. He's just like, the city's fucked
0: up. dude. Like, that's it. That's the whole point.
1: Because he starts it. He's like, a man walks a dog. And I'm like, oh, shit. What's going on? Oh, it's just a grizzly. Oh, it was brutally murder. (laughs) Cool.
0: Cool. 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 Very good. Very good. But the captain says that's the way the city's always been. And Somerset is made for this work. That's undeniable. Somerset goes back to typing. And before the captain leaves, he drops off a vial that the coroner sent. It's bits of plastic that were mixed in with the gluttony victim's food. Without looking up, Somerset just tells him to leave it on the desk. He does, but he remarks that it was fed to the victim. Once again, getting Somerset's attention. But again, like you said earlier, T, we don't know that. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus,
2: I don't know it's how like, much okay. nutritious value that plastic has. I would say zero. Yeah. yeah. I prob-
0: Don't eat plastic, you know? probably. Yeah, plastic always...
1: spaghetti is no. <laughs> no, yeah, it's I don't a no. It's a no. I've always wondered how they determine all that stuff. Like in a lab, you are like, oh, 140 calories. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Put it on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I um, Did anybody else think that the captain's I don't think you're leaving read as I would rather you didn't leave?
0: I think that's pretty obvious. But I also feel like he knows him so well at this point that he's like, this is who you are. Like, this is what you're made for. You're not going anywhere. He's
1: murder police. He's murder police. (laughs) He's good police. Yes. The wire.
0: (laughs) Such a good show. (laughs) But we cut to Somerset slicing open the police tape on the door to the gluttony victim's home and letting himself inside.
2: Now I will ask, why is the police tape inside? was it well he had to cut from the hallway the tape was
1: inside the door oh i thought that wouldn't it be outside i thought that was the front door but it was well they needed a shot of it is what it was
0: (laughs) yeah we don't know how things are done in this city i was thinking what city
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's
2: wild i was like you're coming in the front door but the but the tape is inside Mm -hmm. how did you leave
1: a window. Yeah, you
2: climb out of a
0: window. Right, everybody at the fire escape. Yeah, we can't. Are you committed to the job or you're not? Yeah, like, that's the it's, question. It's protocol.
1: We've already taped the door. Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> you can't get out that way. Armed with the evidence vial containing the bits of plastic, Somerset looks around the dark and dingy kitchen. He opens the fridge and peers inside, but just before he closes it, he notices deep scratches on the floor in front of the fridge. He takes a piece of the plastic out of the vial, and it matches the scratch perfectly. He pulls the fridge out from against the wall, and there, written in grease on the wall, is the word gluttony.
1: So, even worse.
0: Yeah. There's a note pinned beneath it. Somerset snatches the note off of the wall.
1: So, this, to me, I mean, this is now, it's not just a message that's left at a crime scene. Right. That was orchestrated for the cops. Yeah, Oh, no, yeah. Because they have to find the pieces. They got to put the pieces together. To lead them. That's, yeah, That's uh, an amount of foresight that only the Jigsaw killer would have. Uh, yeah, no right. shit.
0: I got to say, though, that's putting a lot of faith in the cops, too. Because yes. like, Honestly. To put that together. I'd say the killer's working yeah. too hard. He's working very hard. He
1: could have just drawn an arrow on the floor. He's like, no, this or is like. Or made some origami. Oh yeah. Yeah. The origami. <laughs> which I feel like also Yes. It it rained all the time there too. Yeah. It did. No. <laughs> it's the name of the fucking game. Yes.
0: <laughs> Jason. Back at the precinct, he hands the note over to the captain while Mills watches. The captain reads the note. Long is the way and hard that out of hell leads up to light. Somerset says that it's from Paradise Lost and Mills jots this down. The captain is lost, but Somerset explains that it means this is the beginning. He shows the picture of the word gluttony written in grease behind the fridge. Somerset tells the captain that there are seven deadly sins. He starts with gluttony and greed, holding up the photos of the words found at the crime scenes before rattling off the rest. Sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy.
1: One thing I did notice this time around is that Envy gets, like, a special mention. Uh-huh. Like, uh, there's a little extra stank on it. Yeah. And he is looking somewhere in particular. Yeah. Which, uh, really, I was like, whoop da. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was DiCaprio fucking pointing. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the captain pauses to answer the phone. It. I laughed out loud, because he's like, this isn't even my desk, and slams the receiver <laughs> back down. I was like, why'd you even answer it?
1: Well, the phone rings, yeah. Yeah.
0: Somerset tells the captain to expect five more of these murders before walking away. The captain stops him, but Somerset says that he just can't get involved in this and leaves, reminding the captain that Mills wanted this. The captain looks over at Mills, who confirms that he is all over it.
1: I would think, honestly, after seeing that there's this second one, yeah, that they're all tied together now, it on one hand it's got to be very exciting yeah to have that level of a mystery yeah but on the other hand holy shit i've got a week y- that's well, the yeah. thing yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. like
0: the longer <laughs> i stay on this the more i know i this is not gonna get resolved
1: in a week yeah no oh, Logically, hell no. It's not. no and honestly with mills's character it seems like he would think that he could solve fucking anything yeah, yeah. and so he's like yeah fucking give me the papers i'll sign them. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Somerset's like I'm out. He's yeah, like, I, I, I can't. I can't help you with this one. We cut to Somerset throwing a dart in his home before hailing a cab outside. The taxi driver, played by Andre Hules, asks where he's going as they pass a crowd surrounding a person on the ground being tended to by police. Somerset remarks, "Far away from here."
1: But but where are you? The cabby's like, "No, but yeah. I need an
0: address though." <laughs> Somerset arrives at a library where he's let in by George, a security man played by Hawthorne James. This was very interesting to me because this was dressed to be a library. Yeah. It is beautiful. Yes. It's fucking stunning, but it's not a real library. It's a bank. Uh, Not only is it a bank, I really thought, John Paul, that you would appreciate this. It's the bank from the mask. Hey, (laughs) all right. Great movie. <laughs> it's a, The Mask is fine. I'm not even yes. going to lie. Yeah. We watched it pretty recently with the kids, and I was like, man, the way that I watched that when I was younger, yes. I remembered every fucking yeah. word. It's <laughs> hilarious.
2: That's always interesting, because I know, T, you talk about how they reuse or repurpose sets or yeah. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you, I would never be able to tell. I couldn't even recognize it at no, all.
0: I wouldn't think that this wasn't an actual library. No, yeah,
1: No, the way they've dressed it. Yeah. Those green lamps.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. beautiful. It I, looks
1: great. And they fucking, they were talking about getting all the books together. Mm-hmm. They like put them in in order like the dewey decimal system yeah wow they fucking printed a label on every single one of them <sighs> all right if you look it's thousands of books yeah might, they said it was like an assembly line it's like you don't have to do this no Uh-oh. you don't that's well, why i was you so did. sure you did, yeah. <laughs> that this was just
0: a really beautiful old library yeah. that they were filming in yeah that is that I appreciate it. Like y'all did not have to do that.
1: No, I think they said the studio was pissed at them because they're like, just find a fucking library. And they're like, no, we've got an idea. I'm sure he had a specific
0: (laughs) thing in mind. Yeah. Yeah. From what I read, it was this for him. This is the place that Somerset would go.
1: It makes sense. Right.
0: So I like, I get it. But after letting him inside, George goes back to playing cards upstairs with the other two guards played by William Davidson and Bob Collins. There's like five guys up there playing cards. Yeah. Yeah. Somerset finds a spot among the empty tables and before he starts his search, he tells the men upstairs that he'll never understand how they have all this knowledge at their fingertips and still choose to play poker all night instead. They laugh, assuring him that they've got culture coming out of their asses. And to prove this, George turns on some Bach and turns it up. The music coupled with him roaming through these aisles, Mm -hmm. gathering these. It is. I. I. I don't know why I love it so much.
2: No, it's good. I think it's because of how good the library slash it's just, bank looks.
1: Yes. I, and
0: I also am counting this as a re- research scene, no, which you yeah, know is my I, shit. Yeah. I yeah. just, I love this sequence so much.
1: And it kind of becomes something of a research montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, it's very well done. I think it is, you're right. It's the music that kind of just, it adds to this pretty incredible atmosphere. Yeah. Because this, I mean, when you think about a research scene, you just fucking throw some books. It doesn't yeah. have to yeah. be this, yeah. but it is this. Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot with this movie where they could have taken the easy way out mm. plenty of times. Oh, no. yeah. No.
0: But the music plays, and Somerset roams the gorgeous aisles of this massive library. I put in my script here, and yes, this counts as a re- research scene. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, fucking yeah. say research scene.
1: Oh no, you're all right. I put, I said, does this count? Because I knew you would be pleased. 1,000% yeah. it counts. <laughs>
0: But he picks up the Canterbury Tales by Chaucer as Mills sits at home looking at the photos of the gluttony victim. Somerset snatches up Dante's Divine Comedy as Mills inspects photos of the victim's bound feet. He switches to photos of the greed victim, Eli Gould, played by Gene Borkin, face down and bloody. Paperwork says that he was forced to mutilate himself. Bach plays throughout as Somerset looks through the words and pictures of the books that he's collected. He looks over a list of books that he's made for Mills to look into about the seven deadly sins. Dante's Purgatory, the Canterbury Tales, the Parsons Tale and the Dictionary of Catholicism. He continues to read grisly passages of blood, torn flesh, slaughtered children, making copies of some of the pages as Mills finally stretches and takes a break. He watches some basketball as Tracy looks in on him. George looks down on Somerset from upstairs and tells him that he's going to miss them saying Somerset's going to miss them. Yeah. Somerset concedes that he just might. He makes more copies before folding the pages up neatly, putting them in an envelope with mills name on it, going back to the precinct and leaving it on his desk.
1: So seeing this, I, I was like, well, Somerset's being incredibly helpful. Yeah. But I was very afraid he was going to be like, I don't need your fucking help Yeah. because of the way he was in the office.
0: Well, Again, Somerset has not been very kind to him.
1: No, but he is now. He is yeah. now.
0: But I think that a lot of this was for himself. Like, I know that it also benefits Mills, but that was a lot. He did a lot of fucking legwork. He, like, he is already clearly invested.
1: Yeah. He doesn't want to be. I think yeah. that's the
2: thing, is that, he, that now that it, it is something that he's interested in, it's like, fuck, now I got to involve this dude. Let's do it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- whether it's subconsciously or not, he's like, I'm going
1: to make these for him.
2: Fuck. I've already made him copies. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know?
1: You think about it. The captain was right. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I think that he's telling himself, oh, I'm helping. But like in the back of his mind, it's like, I'm, I'm in, like yeah. I, you know, yeah. how could you, how could you not be?
1: You, yeah. He's like, I'm going to eventually take lead on this.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. No, 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 no. Now it's Wednesday. Mills runs through the rain to his car. Once inside he tries to read through one of the Dante books that Somerset recommended but his frustration takes over and he ends up throwing it into the back seat
1: <laughs> It's been a day since Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we need to be but it's selling he's prone He Yeah.
0: He seems to expect almost instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, Somerset told me to read this. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna figure it out and we're gonna get the guy. And when he's not understanding it, he's like, What the fuck? Like yeah. it's like he's so frustrated.
1: It's too much, I would say.
0: It's a lot. But he groans with his head in his hands and he's interrupted when another cop knocks on his window. Mills rolls it down, the cop drops something inside and then just takes off. Like he doesn't <laughs> say anything to him. Mm-mm. Mills unwraps the parcel and it's the books that Somerset recommended him. But the cliff notes versions, he is thankful as he drives away
1: again. They're really showing this contrast. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He got Somerset in the library for like glorious old library. And he's like, give me the uh, cliff notes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's like, I need (laughs) all the information, but like right now, (laughs) very fast. When Mills gets to his new office, formerly Somerset's office. Yeah. He opens the door to find Somerset sitting at his desk and working. Somerset gathers his things and moves to a smaller desk in the corner while Mills moves his things to the big desk, peeking over his shoulder at Somerset before slightly stashing the cliff notes into the desk drawer.
1: Well, he didn't want him to see. No, he didn't. (laughs) I will say those don't. From personal experience, those don't work on the test. They actually (laughs) expect you to read those books. Yeah,
0: (laughs) usually, yeah. The phone rings and Mills doesn't want to answer, but Somerset tells him that it comes with the office, so he does. It's Tracy on the other end, and Mills speaks in very hushed tones, finally relenting and handing the phone to Somerset, telling him that Tracy wants to talk to him somerset hesitates before taking the phone and tries to decline an offer before telling tracy he'd be delighted to he hands the phone back to mills but when he tries to talk to tracy she's already hung up
1: that's surprising yeah. she's like no i called to speak
0: to somerset <laughs> yeah
1: no i love you Which no. she, did, she yeah. did call somerset's phone she did it's in a, her yeah, defense. no yeah it is his office was his office yeah. Yeah. yes
0: he has to ask Somerset what happened and he tells him that Tracy invited him for a late dinner at their apartment and this is news to Mills. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets, he looks upset
2: and yeah. it's like, come on, dude, really? You're in this man's office now. I do yeah. appreciate that he asked him if he still wanted the chair, Yeah, but it's dinner. If he's really retiring soon and he's not wanting to take point and you're throwing yourself headfirst into it, then just... Come for dinner, let him say goodbye. You know what yeah. I mean?
0: Well, and yeah. if if he's your partner for right now, yeah. for the next few days yeah. regardless, Just, I can see why your wife would want to know him. Yeah.
1: You're gonna be working pretty Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: But that night, Tracy happily opens the door for her husband and Somerset. They greet each other with a kiss, playfully calling each other loser and idiot before <laughs> Mills properly introduces her to Somerset. She tells him that she's heard so much about him, but not his first name. With a smile, he tells her that his name is William. In return, she reveals that Mills' first name is David. Mills immediately leaves, asking how the kids are. And when he opens the door, he reveals that the kids are three big-ass dogs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's, like, newspaper on the floor. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, a cat? The Cats know how to use a box. Yeah. yeah well, you gotta put you know. fucking newspaper down. Well newsprint I, soiled.
0: I, they are in uh an apartment building. Uh-huh. So maybe walking them isn't always yeah. something that they can do.
1: And it's <laughs> is it still raining? Uh, Probably yeah. always raining. Oh, Alright. So yes. But what does that do to a dog? We're like, oh you can just shit anywhere. Just shit yeah. on the floor. <laughs> like, all it's right. fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then later you're like, bad dog! Yeah. Yeah. Damn it! But you said I can shit anywhere. Right? The paper. So, man. Yeah. That's why a cat cat.
0: But but as he wrestles with them on the floor, Somerset makes his way to the living room. He compliments the smell of the meal Tracy is making, and she invites him to have a seat and asks him to excuse all the mess because they're still in the midst of unpacking. As he admires a medal on the mantle, he tells Tracy that he heard that they were high school sweethearts. She confirms this and says that she knew she would marry Mills on their first date. He was the funniest guy she'd ever met. Somerset looks in the next room at Mills scrounging around on the floor with the dog. (laughs) He tells Tracy that their level of commitment is rare nowadays as he starts to take off his coat. But Tracy freezes as his holstered gun is revealed. He tells her not to worry that he won't wear it to dinner. Tracy admits that she just can't get used to guns no matter how often she sees them. And Somerset agrees
1: i will say it is kind of funny to me because it just speaks to the different sides of yourself that you show other people yeah because somerset's like he hasn't made me laugh <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> once he's like
1: funny are you sure what? you sure he's not the dickiest <laughs> person right? right? the guy? rudest yeah. guy?
0: <laughs> after dinner tracy asks somerset why he isn't married he tells her that he came close once but it just didn't happen He says that anyone who spends a significant amount of time with him thinks that he's disagreeable and Mills agrees. (laughs) Tracy asks how long Somerset has lived here and he simply replies too long before asking Mills how he likes it. Mills says that they're still settling in, but it will be good. He holds Tracy's hand, though, and it definitely does not look like she likes it.
1: She stifles tears. Yeah. yeah
0: I. She doesn't want to be here. No.
2: I took it like he was more asking her than he was asking me. Yeah. yeah. he jumped in to like, say "Oh, it's good. So. Like, yeah. no, 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 it's good. Yeah.
0: It's going to be good, yeah. is what he said.
2: Which, uh. That's not an
0: <laughs> Somerset promises them that after a while, they'll be numb, which is not the, it's not the saving grace that he thinks no. it is.
1: See, I think it's, it's coming from a very cynical side of him because. Yeah. You really could have just said, oh, you'll get used to it. Yeah. yeah. He's
0: like, you'll be numb. You won't feel anything. <laughs> Suddenly, a subway goes by, rattling the silverware and dishes, shaking the needle on the record. Tracy tells him that it will be done in a minute. And it subsides and most complains about the realtor that would only bring them here for five minutes at a time to avoid this somerset comments on their soothing relaxing vibrating home before losing it and laughing his entire ass off
2: yeah i do want to <laughs> say i enjoyed this yes he looks like he's like genuinely laughing, laughing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and uh, you can point to a lot of other scenes in the film i don't think they laugh again
0: no yeah. this is
2: really <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's really good to have that levity
0: tracy follows suit laughing with him with mills jokingly chastising them it's funny because he's like i don't know what you're laughing at like yeah. you have to live here
1: <laughs> i do love um that moment a lot and they had said that they attached motors to the supports on the set so oh they wow
0: were, actually shaking uh, yeah all right. but yeah the somerset uh he's real tickled yes
1: <laughs> I I'm laughing all over again, thinking of way the laughter burst out of him. Yeah. yeah, it's so genuine. Yes,
2: it does. It, uh, it, it that is something in in this movie the way it is. That's it's weird to see that here, but it it does because it is. It looks like you're just sitting there and you, and you told Morgan Freeman the funniest <laughs> fucking shit. Yeah, and he, he loses d- it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's brilliant.
0: I feel like if I invited him over for dinner, I would probably warn him about that.
1: Yeah, because maybe. I was—that's
0: so caught off guard, yeah. like that. That's just hilarious. But later they go over the case file. Mills proposes that Gould, the greed victim, would have been working late at the office, and Somerset agrees, calling Gould the biggest, most infamous defense lawyer in town. And I recently learned that infamous—it <laughs> doesn't mean good. It doesn't mean good at no, all.
1: You thought it was flammable, inflammable?
0: Yeah, I yeah, thought it meant that, incredibly yeah. famous.
1: Yeah. What was it? Because you were doing your intro and you're like, and makeup effects by the infamous Greg Nicotero. I said, yeah, what did you do? Like, what do he do? <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> like he's not- he's I was
0: like He's very <laughs> famous. He's a very hardworking man. No, no, no. We don't. Yeah. It means bad, y'all. Yeah. But Mills says that the office was closed on Monday and Gould's body wasn't found until Tuesday. He says that maybe the assailant got in on Friday, waited until the cleaning crew left and tortured Gould all weekend, <laughs> possibly Monday, too.
1: Say what you will. This dude is committed. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, he went to the grocery store y- twice. twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tells me all I need to know. Mm-hmm. He pulls out photos of the crime scene. Gold slumped forward on the carpet with his feet bound behind him. I did read because he's wearing boxers. He's naked except for underwear. Mm-hmm. I read that he was supposed to be naked in this scene, like, or in the photos or whatever. Right. And Gene Borkin, the actor that played Eli Gold, told Fincher, "If I'm naked, you get naked." And so Fincher was like, "Oh, you get more boxers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you
3: get
1: boxers on." How about a three-piece suit? Yeah.
0: yeah. I was like, "Damn, that's some balls!" Whoa. Like,
1: uh, yeah, for the actor. Yes. But it's good if he's not comfortable. Tell him. Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah. I mean, instead of just being like, "Okay, this isn't for me," that's yeah. Okay. He's like, "No, you take your fucking clothes yeah. off then." yes sir but they they got him a (laughs) pair of silk boxers which I think is fitting for the character yeah it works we didn't need his ass out you know what I mean like it works without it yeah
1: it's unnecessary
0: yeah but Mills says that Gould was bound but his right hand was still free the murderer gave him a butcher's knife he presents another crime scene photo of a scale upon which is a pound of flesh Mills presents a note left by the killer one pound of flesh no more no less no cartilage, no bone, but only flesh. This task is done and he would go free. Bars.
1: Yeah, I will say one pound of flesh, no more, no less, is the opening to a really good dog fashion disco song.
0: It's, it's also from the Merchant of Venice.
1: Oh, uh, well, I think dog fashion disco did it first. Right,
0: for sure. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. But Mill says that the chair was soaked through with sweat and this makes sense to Somerset. The killer would have wanted Gold to take his time and decide what and where to cut
1: i gotta say the idea of the pound of flesh and him having to do it it's very again yeah saw owes a lot yeah, yeah.
0: i was just thinking that that's why i was kind of smiling
1: <laughs> because i'm like i could see this yeah absolutely you decide yeah you know will you shed a pound of <laughs> flesh yeah. you know
0: Then it's like. Yeah. Help!
3: <laughs>
1: the camera swirls around <laughs>
2: Hey, well, it would even still work here because he just uses those old TVs to play the videos.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. It's just funny to me how much piles up. Yeah. (laughs) That's honestly
0: (laughs) hilarious. It is. Somerset tells Mills to imagine a gun in his face and having to decide which part of his body is expendable. Presenting another crime scene photo, Mills answers this. The love handle. In the photo, Gould is slumped over, his head resting on a pile of books atop the blood-stained carpet, and the side of his stomach is bloody and missing. Somerset lays all of the photos out on the table. He tells Mills to look over this with fresh eyes, looking through the body and cutting out the shock that he feels. He tells him to find a detail and focus on it until it's an exhausted possibility. Mills leaves to get them another beer, but Somerset asks for wine instead. He calls out to Mills in the kitchen, saying that the killer is preaching, but Mills says that he's punishing. In the medieval sermons, there were seven cardinal virtues and seven deadly sins meant to teach. Mills agrees, like in the Parsons tale and Dante. Somerset is surprised that he read them, and Mills admits that he read parts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's not lying. He's not. I did. There was that moment where he was really happy to hear that. Yeah. And he's like, you read them. Yeah. yeah. It. They have, even though Mills was very hesitant at first, they have clearly a mentor protege. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. he can learn a lot from Somerset yeah. yeah. if he puts his ego to the side.
0: Yeah. He mentions that in Purgatory, pride comes first, not gluttony. Somerset says that maybe the books were just an inspiration. He brings it back to the sermons, which were about atonement, but says that what the killer is doing is forced attrition when you're not regretting your sin because you love God, but because you're being forced to. Somerset muses the victims are unrelated and there aren't fingerprints or witnesses at either scene. Mills doesn't understand the no witnesses part because the killer would have had to get back out. But Somerset says that in any major city, minding your own business is a science. That's why they teach you to yell fire instead of help. No one responds to help, but everyone comes running at fire.
1: That is an indictment. Yeah. Of like, that's hard to hear. Isn't that awful? Yeah. I, as bleak as this film is, there are, like, there's that sight gag with the wine that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Or he gives him an entire tumbler full of wine. Yeah. yeah. And Somerset's <laughs> like, well, oh, okay. All right, thank you. <laughs> but I think that they're really talking about some pretty dark concepts. Yeah. A human- and it's perfect with Somerset's mindset. Of course. Yeah. That's what he thinks of people. And is he wrong sometimes?
0: Right. He's he's wrong sometimes. Yeah, right. He has yeah. to be your... I've, what's Goddamn. the point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I did think it also. Somerset, it just hit me like sunset, like the sun setting on his career.
0: Aww, all right. And Could mills, be. you know, like like a grain mill, you know, <laughs> making things, making new starts, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> new right, <guys>? starts uh, are <laughs> like oatmeal, right. like the yeah, start of your like day. <laughs> cereal,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like oatmeal. <laughs> Yes, oatmills. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. That's what it is. We've cracked it. Sunset
0: and oatmills. That's it.
1: The subtext is right there. It's,
0: it's so obvious. <laughs> I usually think Somerset was named after uh, the writer. Yeah, but yeah, sure. Sunset yeah. as well. and oatmeal. Hmm. <laughs> I was really reaching. Could you tell? <laughs> But Mills says that that's fucked up, but Somerset is already scouring the photos again, looking for a puzzle piece. Mills thanks him for talking this out with him, but he says that he needs to walk the dogs and go to bed. Somerset makes it clear that he's only here to justify his curiosity. He is still leaving at the end of the week. Who are you trying to convince?
1: That's for himself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Something hits Mills suddenly, and he pulls out the picture of the framed photo of the woman with her eyes circled in blood that was on Gould's desk. Mills says that that's his wife, Mrs. Gould, played by Julie Areskog. He says that she was out of town at the time of the murder, but the circled eyes indicate that she saw something. But Somerset thinks it might be a threat. Mills says he's already put her in a safe house and she wasn't happy about it. They both hold on to their drinks, and the dogs bark as another subway goes by, (laughs) shaking everything.
1: They're like, we hate it here, too. Yeah, Yeah. this sucks.
0: (laughs) Somerset doesn't laugh this time, though. He only stares at the photo of Mrs. Gould. He asks, what if it's not something she's seen, but something she's supposed to see, but hasn't been given the chance?
1: It's a personality clash, but they do make a good team. They do.
0: It's funny, too, because, like, I feel like we this trope of this character because i remember like watching csi when i was younger and like if grissom had a had an idea it's like that's what it is yeah (laughs) and somerset saying this i'm like oh yeah she just clearly hasn't been given the opportunity yet that's what it is yeah (laughs) i trust you completely (laughs) but mills asks what like what she could have seen or could see and somerset admits that he doesn't know but that's the one thing That night, Tracy wakes up alone in their bed. She gets up and looks around the apartment to find that Mills is gone, and she looks very sad.
1: Well, they kind of just booked without... Yeah. Yeah. You just had dinner with her. He's like, I got
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I gotta go to bed, man. And then they just pounced on this. Yeah. We see that Mills is with Somerset. It's still dark out, and they're entering the safe house. Mills signs them in so that they can see Mrs. Gould, who is loudly complaining in the next room. They show her crime scene photos. Sticky notes obstruct the view of her murdered husband, thankfully, but the rest of the room is visible.
1: I thought that was a very kind touch. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She sobs. Mills asks her to look at each photo carefully and see if there's anything strange or out of place. Mrs. Gould sobs more, saying that she just can't do this right now. Somerset comes up behind Mills and he's like, oh no, it's gotta be now. I'm like,
1: dude, (laughs) like right in front of her. But it's funny because he was trying to take a back seat. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, no, nah, I he's can't. Like, yeah. right,
0: right now. <laughs> Mrs. Gould continues to sob as she looks at a painting hung on the wall of her husband's office. She points at the photo, drawing both Somerset and Mills' attention. She tells him that that painting is upside down. We immediately cut to them at Gold's office, snapping on gloves. Somerset asks if Mills is sure that his men didn't move the painting, but Mills says that those photos were taken before forensics even got there. Somerset pulls the painting off the wall and they inspect it, but nothing is immediately strange besides the fact that the killer moved the screws in order to rehang it upside down. Hmm. This was so purposeful. And again, this is just like with moving the fridge. Yeah. This is like some hunt to killer shit. Yeah. Like we, you really put a lot of faith into people to figure this out. I,
2: I know. And I, I think too, it's like, would you really found that?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly.
1: You got to piece it together with the wife's photo. Yeah. Right. I, there's just so many pieces, almost like a, a jigsaw puzzle. Something,
0: you <laughs> Something very similar. Yes. Somerset takes out his switchblade and slices off the paper on the back. But when there's nothing there, Mills is frustrated. Somerset though starts inspecting the painting itself, saying that there has to be something, but Mills isn't buying it. He says that the killer didn't paint the painting and he's just fucking with them.
1: His frustration is a problem. Again, it's a need
0: for instant gratification. Yeah, It's, we were led to this painting. It's not here. Fuck this. Like it's, it's, he wants it immediately. Somerset turns his attention to the wall that was concealed by the painting. He climbs up to it and dusts for prints, revealing some. He tells Mills to call the print lab.
1: I there were there were two moments uh, that kind of stuck out to me in this one of them was he He goes over to the desk and he bends over and he goes, this is us. I, yeah, and I, I was I, like, like, that's graphic. Sir, yeah. You don't have to I'm do I'm that. I'm glad
2: you said <laughs> something because that's one of my notes. What is he doing back there? Yeah, what
1: the fuck?
0: He's doing the most. Yeah. Yeah. That's what
1: he's doing. If I were Somerset, I'd be like, maybe I should have been reassigned. Yeah, yeah. Why is, don't you go
0: wait outside? Yeah. Why don't you knock on some doors? This is
1: too much. Yeah. And then when he goes <laughs> to fucking stand on the thing and like get the fingerprints, Mills is like, oh, and you told us not to stand on the furniture and the other, I was like, dude, <laughs> Stop! stop. Yes,
3: yeah,
1: stop it. <laughs> like he is just so hot headed, yeah. and there's like a sculpture of like Boba Fett or the Predator back there. I don't Something, know what the fuck's yeah. going on.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot going on. It's a weird scene. But we cut to a fingerprint forensic man played by Mario Di Donato revealing the pattern of fingerprints on the wall. Somerset and Mills watch amazed. Mills asks if Somerset has ever seen anything like this, and he answers simply, "No." We see that written in the fingerprints on the wall are the words, help me. The forensics guy says that he can already tell by the swirl pattern that they are not the victim's fingerprints. In the office, Somerset and Mills watch as a fingerprint technician played by Alfonso Freeman scans the prints that they found through the system, matching them against known prints. Yes, Freeman, this is Morgan Freeman's son.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was so fucking cool. That's awesome.
0: While Mills disagrees, Somerset doesn't think that the killer wants them to help him stop. Mills cites all the people who blamed that they didn't want to do the evil things that they did, blaming voices, dogs, and even Jodie Foster. The text says that he's seen the system take three whole days to make a match, so he suggests they go cross their fingers somewhere else. He's like, get the
1: fuck (laughs) out!" He's tired of listening to him. I bet. Just a fun fact, but Jodie Foster would later star in David Fincher's panic room. Love
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) But they glance at each other and we cut to them sitting on a couch in the hallway. Somerset asks Mills if he meant it when he told Mrs. Gold they were going to catch the killer. When Mills says that he did mean it, Somerset muses that he wishes he still thought that way. Mills asks what exactly he thinks they're doing then. Somerset says that they're picking up the pieces, collecting evidence. That's all. Even him saying this, I don't feel like he believes it. He's too—he's doing too much legwork if this yeah. is what he thinks.
1: I feel like it's, it's a very cryptic and cynical, like clinical. Yeah. And I would hope that after all that he's done, he doesn't reduce what he's done to that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He says they're putting it in a neat pile and filing it away in case it's ever needed in court. They're picking up diamonds on a deserted island and saving them in case they get rescued.
1: That's just sad. Yeah. That's bleak. Yeah.
0: Mills tells him that that's bullshit, but Somerset isn't done. He says that even the most promising clues only lead to other clues. Corpses stay unrevenged. Mills folds his jacket and puts it on the arm of the couch in a makeshift pillow. He lays down on it, yawning, telling Somerset that he can't deny that he felt a rush tonight. They're getting somewhere, but Somerset does not respond.
2: So here, I know you mentioned it earlier uh, and I was gonna wait to ask here. Okay. Um, so I was gonna ask, so who's the main character and who's the NPC? But we already said that Morgan <laughs> Freeman is the main character, right. and then so Brad Pitt's just your NPC. <laughs> Friend, he's gonna follow you around. He's, like, in yeah. he's in your party. Yeah, like sometimes he does dumb shit. He glitches. He glitches out. <laughs> Not glitches like, out. Oh man, come on! Now you gotta
1: go back so that he can come
2: back through the door. <laughs> While he
1: was glitching out in that lawyer's <laughs> he office, was, yeah. he
2: was, he was out.
0: <laughs> that is fair. Thursday opens with them asleep on that couch. Mills fallen over with his head touching Somerset's arm. The captain wakes them up, clapping his hands as he walks down the hallway. He says that they've got a match. We cut to the captain briefing the SWAT team. He tells them that the killer is named Theodore Allen, but goes by the name Victor. He says that he has a long history of mental illness. He's dabbled in drugs, robbery and assault, but did a stint in prison for the attempted rape of a minor. But his attorney made sure that he didn't stay there for long. His attorney, Eli Gold.
1: See, so these connections, they make a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's too easy.
0: He sent, he leads the SWAT team led by California played by John C. McKinley.
1: I, yes, he can, he can play <laughs> yeah. anything. This dude. Yeah. Oh, I scrubs. was like, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> just looking at him when we covered him in identity versus him in yeah. this. It's, that is impressive. He's, he, and, and it is, he's, uh, he was everywhere.
2: Yeah. I was yeah. Like, God damn, this dude's just doing everything.
1: Yes. The range. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But he tells him that they're finishing this today. Victor still has a residence on file. Somerset looks over the rap sheet as he and Mills trail behind the SWAT team. Mills asks Somerset, you're not buying this, are you? Somerset says that it just doesn't seem like their guy. Their killer seems to have more purpose. In the garage, the SWAT team and the officers load up and take off. Mills and Somerset follow in another car behind them.
1: They said that this was the parking garage connected to a hotel. And the ramp was not designed to leave quickly, (laughs) and they said they fucked up so many of these cars. Oh Oh
3: my god!
1: I bet. (laughs) That's hilarious. Because they rip out of there. Yeah, Yeah. no, they're flying.
0: (laughs) In the car, Mills asks Somerset if he's ever been shot. Somerset, knocking on wood, says not once in his thirty-four years. He's only taken his gun out with the intention of using it three times, and even then, he's never pulled the trigger. He asks Mills the same. Mills says that he's never taken a bullet, but he's pulled his gun once and shot it once. He tells the story of when he was a rookie. They went in and someone opened fire on them. He says that a cop was shot and it spun him like a top. Mills rode in the ambulance with him and he died right there. He's frustrated, struggling to remember the cop's name.
1: So I I really want to call it the editing in this sequence. Mm -hmm. the choice of which shots to show and when, Mm -hmm. because right after Mills says that, you look at somerset and he's hearing that and he's like realizing the futility of all of it yeah. yeah this man was killed you don't even remember his fucking name yeah and so you get that shot of him back there also the shot of the sun beaming through the fucking car windows mm-hmm. brilliant and yeah it's not anything you can plan no it's unintentional this magic yeah yeah and to choose that i, I wanted to call out the editor is a guy called richard francis bruce he also edited the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, nice! The Green Mile. Ooh! And the Witches of Eastwick. Yes, right, nice.
0: <laughs> god, we can cover that at some point, right? They're the witches. Of- oh, yeah. god, I love that movie. Witches is horror. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's settled, once the team arrives at a worn down apartment building, they run up the stairs. Somerset and Mills follow behind. Upstairs, they head to apartment three oh six. They stand outside aiming their lights and guns at the door before breaking it down with the battering ram. Somerset and Mills watch, and Somerset is like,
1: they love this. I don't know why that was fucking hilarious to me. It's but it's like Mills has never this is it's like it's his first day. Yeah. Yeah. They love this. this. They live for this shit. Uh I did want to call out the rain outside. It's legitimate, like that's actually raining on the day. Oh, nice. And that's what inspired them to continue the rain throughout the film. Yeah. Because they love the way it looks. Because it does not let up. No. And there was a shot right up the stair hole.
0: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) They bust down the door of the apartment, clearing rooms one by one. I will say we see a couple apartments in this, and as run down as they are, Mm -hmm. these motherfuckers are big on the inside. Like there are are so many rooms. Oh shit. I'm like, I know that, I mean, it's framed as a very, like, bleak and, like, run-down place, but I'm like, how many rooms are y'all clearing? Yeah. Like, this is spacious. I'll make it work. I'll make (laughs) this
1: work. Yeah. (laughs) Throw a coat of paint on that. I'm just just saying, (laughs) I'll figure it out.
0: But Somerset and Mills go inside and find the ceiling covered in hanging air fresheners. The SWAT team finally stop outside the bedroom, aiming their flashlights and their weapons inside. They tell the person inside, good morning, sweetheart, and yell at them to get up now, but we can't see them. They finally advance to the bed, aiming at the figure beneath the blankets. They pull off the cover to reveal the body underneath. It is wasting away on a dirty mattress littered with air fresheners. They gag as we see that the body's left arm is outstretched and missing a hand. California calls out for Somerset and Mills and they come in struck by the stench. They identify him as Victor, played by Michael Reed McKay. Mills tells California to get the team out and to not touch anything. Somerset looks at the word written boldly over the bed, sloth.
1: Was Sloth written in boo-boo?
0: It was probably boo-boo. Okay. Um, It was funny to me because they enter the room and there's nothing obstructing your view from Sloth. No. But we haven't seen it yet. And so Somerset looks up at it like, (gasps) like he didn't see it. But it's like, how did you not?
1: It's It's front and center, man. Yeah. Yeah, It is like before you
0: see the body. Yeah.
1: But we needed the reveal. We needed it.
0: Yeah. But Mills sticks his hand into a box with the words, to the world from me written on it. It's photographs of Victor dating back from one year ago today to three days ago.
1: See, this level of pre-planning. Yeah. 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 It's unbelievable.
0: But in all the pictures, he's confined to the bed and wasting away. Inside of the box, which I was like, y'all, he, this is fucking petty as shit. Inside the box is a stool sample, a hair sample, a urine sample, and fingernails. He's (laughs) like, I did all the work for you. Just test them. (laughs) California is inspecting the body up close and personal with his flashlight, scanning over the bed sores on his legs, the skin on his face contracting away from his yellowed teeth. Mills tells Somerset that the killer is laughing at them. California whispers to Victor that he got what he deserved. Suddenly, Victor coughs. California jumps backwards and guns are drawn and pointed at Victor. He writhes around on the bed, still confined and struggling to take in air. Somerset tells everyone to lower their guns.
1: I read that they did not tell John C. McGinley that was going to (laughs) happen.
0: I love that. That dude fucking dies. Yeah. well that is so scary yeah he's a ghoul yeah Yeah, he's a corpse like that's a
1: corpse and you look at the makeup done on him that could very easily be a prosthetic body yeah
0: absolutely yeah you are not and he he looks so scary yes and the fact that he's like you got what you deserve which he's not wrong
1: well what we've learned maybe maybe nobody
0: needs to be tortured but like fuck you you know but uh this moment of almost vindication yeah that you think this is your man he's already dead whatever yeah yeah and then boo! like it is so it's perfectly timed it is so scary i
1: will laugh though if if after seeing that he's missing a hand yeah and a hand of his fingerprints were used at a crime yeah. scene yeah. california shouldn't be thinking probably this, yeah.
0: probably this <laughs> one you you probably didn't do this But later, paramedics rush into the building and Somerset and Mills stand beside the stairwell that is blocked off with police tape. Somerset says that the killer is playing games. Mills agrees and he's clearly pissed. Somerset cautions him to block off his emotions, but Mills says that he feeds off his emotions. We got to find a middle ground. gentlemen. we got to find somewhere in the middle because good Lord. Somerset asks that Mills just listen to him and suddenly the flash of a camera goes off. Mills turns around and tells the reporter that has somehow climbed up the stairs to get away. It's a closed crime scene. The reporter continues to snap pictures until Mills smacks the camera out of his hands. The reporter finally runs away down the stairs. He's like, I got your picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's yelling back at him. Mills does not care and spells his name for the reporter for good measure. He asks how the press could have gotten here so quickly, but Somerset says that they pay cops for their information and they pay them well.
1: So every bit of this is incredibly important. Yeah. So important. Um, I didn't realize one aspect of this section hit me like the fourth time I watched this for the show. The- and I literally got goosebumps thinking about it. But I did want to, it did make me laugh because I thought this was just going to be a run-in that was just like, whatever. Yeah. When he spells his name, he, the reporter from the floor goes, I'm surprised you could spell. I know. It's yeah. like, yeah. come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's too much. You, you don't got to do that. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> He's like, your mother. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's too much. If you, after we get to a certain point, if we go back to this, all I will say is that they never hid anything from the audience. Right. And it's unbelievable.
0: All right. all right. We'll get there. We'll get there. But Mills apologizes, saying that the press pisses him off. Somerset says it's impressive to see a man feeding off of his emotions. Well, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, ooh, ow. Like,
1: that hurt me. Well, nobody likes to have their words used against them. No, yeah. not at all. <laughs>
0: At the hospital, Dr. Beardsley, played by Richard Portnow, tells Mills and Somerset that a year of immobility would make sense based on the deterioration of the spinal muscles. He says that there are a lot of drugs in Victor's system, including an antibiotic to keep the bed sores from getting infected.
1: That's a lot. That is... Wow. Yeah. (laughs) He
0: went to the store twice. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the the planning... But Mills asks if he's tried to speak or communicate, but Dr. Beardsley harshly tells him that Victor's brain is no longer able of communicating. Besides that, he chewed off his tongue long ago.
1: All right. Yeah. yeah. What else, dude? Yeah, Jesus, man.
0: Then he just walks away. Yeah. They follow him. Somerset asking if there's any chance that Victor could survive. Dr. Beardsley says that Victor would die of shock right now if someone shined a flashlight in his eyes. He says that he's experienced as much pain and suffering as he's ever seen, and he still has hell to look forward to. Then he's like, good night, and walks <laughs> yeah. away.
2: Damn. Yeah. I like a nap, but damn, how long was he in the bed? A year? A year? year? Nah,
1: no, I'm good. A year? Yeah. Uh, the I again, the commitment of this killer is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. A year? No. So you're telling me that while this was okay, so he's doing greed and he's doing gluttony, but he's coming back to check on? Uh, yeah, sloth. Yeah, and there's
0: even more. Like we learn later about like the rent situation. Like, yeah. It's so it, it's beyond. It's beyond. Also the actor that played Victor was 96 pounds.
1: Oh wow. Yeah. Damn.
0: I have read conflicting things. Somebody I read in one source that he showed up to set at 96 pounds and Fincher joked, "Could you lose a little more weight?" because in my script he's 90 and the guy's like, "No," and they laugh about it. And then I read somewhere else that he was like, "Could you lose, you know, a little more weight?" and then when he showed up again to film, he was 90 pounds. So oh I don't know which God. is true, but <laughs> he
1: was like, I was joking. That's horrible.
0: Yeah. But that night at Somerset's house, the phone rings when he answers. It's Tracy. He asks what's wrong and where Mills is. Tracy tells him that everything's fine and that he's in the shower. She apologizes for calling him this way, but says that she needs someone to talk to. She asks if he can meet her tomorrow morning somewhere somerset doesn't understand what she means and she admits that she feels stupid calling but he's the only person she knows here she tells him to please call her if he can meet and they get off the phone friday opens at a diner now that it's friday i'm like goddamn a lot of shit happened on yeah. thursday like, a lot of shit happened on thursday <laughs> sitting at a booth over coffee somerset and tracy talk she's clearly not liking living in the city Somerset asks why she can't talk to Mills about it. And she says that she just doesn't want to be a burden right now. She says that she's sure she'll get used to it. And it's good for her to talk to someone who's lived here for a long time.
1: He's like, I told you to get numb. It's fine. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> like, wait for your emotions to slowly die. Yeah. I don't know what you didn't understand about you that. You mean to tell me that wasn't comforting? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Were you not listening? Good Lord. She says that upstate is completely different. She asks if Mills had told him she used to teach fifth grade. Somerset says that he mentioned it. She says that she's been looking at schools here, but the conditions are horrible. Somerset proposes private schools, but Tracy just looks defeated. He tells her to tell him what's really bothering her, and she blurts out that she's pregnant. He says he doesn't know if he's the one that she should be talking to about this, but there's no going back now. She tearfully tells him that she hates the city. He confesses to her that he had a relationship once that felt very much like a marriage and they got pregnant too. He says that the day after he found out she was pregnant, he got up to go to work and felt fear for the first time ever. He asked himself, how can he bring a child into this world? How can someone grow up with all of this around them? He told his partner that he didn't want to have a child and over the next few weeks, he says that he wore her down. Tracy says that she does want to have children, but Somerset says that he knows he made the right decision for him, but there isn't a day that goes by that he doesn't wish he'd made a different one. He tells Tracy that if she decides not to keep the baby, it's her decision, but that she should never tell Mills that she was ever pregnant. If he chooses to have the baby, he tells her to spoil it every chance she gets.
1: I don't know why, but her reaction to him saying that, like, I got a little mistake. I know, I'm like, I kind of feel emotional right now. I was like, oh my God.
0: Because when she says this, when he says that, she breaks down even more. Right. But he tells her that that's all the advice he can give her. His beeper goes off and he tells her that he has to go. He starts to get out of the booth, but she calls him back to give him a genuine and heartfelt thank you.
1: Somerset has lived a life yeah and i again even though he's grown so cynical and like world weary he's a good man yeah Yeah. that story
0: is so fucking that's so sad
1: and just watching him tell it and i don't know Uh, and again this a lot of people could see potentially as like a filler scene or like why is this scene here yeah yeah it makes so much sense right especially for a moment later yeah having these moments between somerset and tracy are very important right
0: Back at the office, we see the seven deadly sins written on a blackboard. Gluttony, greed, sloth, envy, wrath, pride, lust. Gluttony, greed, and sloth are all crossed out. Somerset and Mills look at the board, and Somerset says that Victor's landlord told him that there was an envelope of cash in the office mailbox on the first of every month. He was paying the fucking rent.
1: God, he was yeah. paying
0: the rent.
1: Yeah, that's beyond I'm like money. we We, kind of learn. Yeah. Which also is very interesting. Yeah. But again, like he's thorough. Yes. Jeez. He's
0: like, we don't need anybody poking around. Yeah. He reads a quote from the landlord saying that he never had a complaint from the tenant in apartment 306 and no one ever complained about him either. He was the best tenant (laughs) he ever had.
1: Figures.
2: Yeah.
0: Spinning in his chair, Mills says that Victor must have been every landlord's dream. But Mills is restless, sick of waiting. But Somerset tells him that this is the job. Mills says that he wants to be on the streets, though, not waiting around until the lunatic does it again. Somerset tells him not to dismiss the killer as a lunatic. But Mills just doubles down. He says that the killer's luck will run out. But Somerset says that this isn't about luck. They found Victor one year to the day from when the killer tied him to the bed. And that's because that's what the killer wanted.
1: Yeah, there's no luck in that. No. No. Very intricately planned. I did also want to point out when he's trying to describe uh, the killer as someone who's just out of their mind. Yeah. Yeah. He says he's probably wearing his grandma's underwear and covering himself in peanut butter. There's also a line in Saw about covering yourself in oh peanut
0: butter. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's
1: too much. But it is, it's very funny as well because it shows their character difference. Yeah. Because after he's like, he's like, covering yourself in peanut butter, how about that? And Somerset goes, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That
0: doesn't
1: track. Yeah, no. That doesn't work for me.
0: But Somerset reads the first note that the killer left again. Long is the way and hard that out of hell leads up to light. He tells Mills to imagine the will it would take to keep Victor in that bed for a year. He cut off his hand and used his fingerprints. He inserted catheters. He is methodical, exacting, and incredibly patient. Mills just resorts to calling him crazy again, saying that having a library card doesn't make him Yoda. This sets something off in Somerset, who starts to gather his things to leave. After he asks Mills how much money he has, Mills says he has about 50 bucks. Somerset proposes a field trip and rushes out with Mills behind him as they race down the stairs. He says they'll make a list of books that could inspire or reflect the killer's thinking Mills asks where they're going and Somerset says they're going to the library at the library Somerset prints off a huge list of books as Mills watches and eats chips.
1: Um, <laughs> i'm starting to get annoyed yeah right? it's, it's like when it's a group project it's yes. like the,
0: the imbalance there's an imbalance here <laughs> later they sit at a booth in a pizza parlor mills is eating pizza but somerset isn't saying that this place must have had at least 50 health code violations i wonder if there were rat turds there.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> or capers you we, yeah we
1: you gotta Either, test that uh, yeah come in a date.
0: right <laughs> Mills is annoyed that they're sitting on the same side of the booth, but Somerset doesn't move. He carefully folds papers and tells Mills to hand over his cash. He puts the money together just as a man played by Mark (laughs) Boone Jr. I swear to God. Walks in and greets Somerset. He is uneasy by Mills' presence, but Somerset tells him that it's okay and he sits down. He sits across from them saying that he's taking a big risk and he only does it for Somerset. So they're fair and square now. Somerset takes this deal handing over the papers and the cash underneath the table the man takes it and leaves telling them it'll be about an hour Mills is annoyed sarcastically saying that the money was well spent
1: give him a minute we, haven't yeah, even, I we know. don't even
0: know what's going on yet
1: <laughs> he's not even left the shop no. yeah.
0: <laughs> later they sit at a barber shop and Mills is quietly fuming Somerset tells him that he's about to let him in on something and by doing this he's showing that he trusts him more than he trusts most people. He says that the man they just met is a friend from the FBI. I do want to say now that we've revealed this, that his credit is greasy FBI man, <laughs> which I thought was really mean. I got to call him Greasy? Yeah. What the fuck. <laughs> he says that the FBI has been keeping records of the reading habits in libraries. Certain books like Mind Kampf or books on nuclear weapons are flagged. Anyone who checks out a flagged book has their library records fed into an FBI monitoring system. Mills asks how this is legal and Somerset is like, that doesn't that doesn't matter. Yeah, that has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) He says that they can't use the information directly, but it's a guide. You can't get a library card without giving your ID.
1: Maybe illegal and legal are just like infamous. And yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter. Calm down. He says that if they want to find out who's reading all these books, the FBI computers will be able to tell them it could give them a name. Mills says that it could also give them a name of a college kid writing a research paper, but Mills reminds him that at least he's out of the office and here he can get a haircut.
1: And honestly, what if it does give you a list of a college student? Yeah, yeah. you're still where you were. Yeah. You know?
0: But Mills is out 50 bucks, which is pretty annoying.
1: Yeah, well, he'll get him back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mills asks how he knows all this and Somerset sternly tells him that he doesn't and neither does he. Hmm. The FBI man struts in, hands an envelope to Somerset, and walks right back out. In the car, they look over the list of people who have checked out the flagged books. Somerset having to stop and correct Mills's pronunciation several times.
1: <laughs> I laughed because he said, what is it Marquis de Sade?" Yeah, Chardée. Like, yeah, like, having yeah. an R <laughs> in it. <Sir>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mills finally reads out the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas, which is what Somerset has been waiting to hear. He wrote about the seven deadly sins. The book was checked out to a Jonathan Doe. Hmm. They hit the road. As they climb the stairs of an apartment building, Mills says that this is crazy. Somerset insists that they're going to lay eyes on Jonathan Doe and talk to him. Mills jokes about casually asking if he's a serial killer by chance but the conversation is cut short when they reach the door that they're looking for Somerset knocks on the door and when they get no answer Mills knocks still hesitant that they're doing this based off a name they got from a computer
1: it's still a lead dude like yeah I know, it's he's, an so, yeah. he's uh, so mad it's like, unbelievable. he's just
0: mad but as they wait someone climbs the stairs and steps into the hallway holding a bag of groceries <laughs> he freezes when he sees the detectives outside of his door and everyone just stares at each other calmly John Doe tosses his grocery bag to the side pulls a gun from his hip and fires Mills pulls his gun but John Doe has already fled back down the steps after confirming that neither he nor Somerset were hit he takes off after him when Mills steps onto the stairs John Doe fires at him from around the corner before running off
1: The Way My Heart Started Pounding. Yes!
0: (laughs) When a woman peeks out of her door, she tells Somerset of a back way out of the building. He advises her to lock her door and runs in that direction. Mills is still stalking the halls, having to yell at people to get out of the hallway. He follows John Doe into an apartment. He rushes past the family inside, finally following him into a back bedroom where children are sitting watching TV. One of the children points to the bathroom where the window is open and the curtains flutter in the wind. When Mills looks out onto the roof, John Doe fires at him again. He runs and the people throw things down at him. The people in the building.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny how they handle it. because like, it's, get the it's fuck it's out too- of yeah. here. It's gunshots and they go, shut yeah. up down there.
0: Yeah, it's like, wow, y'all are numb. I'm like, God damn.
1: Also, the kids still watching cartoons are like, oh, yeah, he went. Th- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy that ran through our apartment with
2: the yeah. guy. Right, oh, right that, that
0: way. Over there. That way that right way. that way. But he ducks back into the building. Mills heads out onto the roof, running until he sees that John Doe is back inside. So he goes in. John Doe limps as he runs. Mills is on his trail, though. But when John Doe runs close to civilians, he can't take the shot somerset is making his way through the back entrance as mill steps out onto the fire escape john doe pulls the ceiling fan out of the ceiling and put no i'm just, kidding. Like, oh <laughs> I'm just kidding
1: but the scene did make me think of that <laughs> but, just starts it
2: up. oh
0: my god no, I was thinking, this
2: is getting great oh, first
0: no. <laughs> power but john doe climbs down another one before running into the street causing multiple car accidents
1: Mills finally, there's a very funny moment when he he gets struck by a vehicle yeah, and then he almost gets struck by another vehicle and he puts up his hands like, my bad. Please, please,
0: please stop. <laughs> Do not hit me again. Mills finally comes down the fire escape ladder, dropping down and being thrown into a pile of trash. He continues the chase down an alley. There's a big truck idling and Mills uses it for cover as he peeks inside and makes his way around it. As he looks forward, John Doe reaches from the top of the truck and hits Mills in the head with his gun. Mills goes down, his own gun flying into a puddle. He crawls, blood running down his face as John Doe approaches, his silhouette reflected on the wet street. Mills closes his eyes and prepares for death as John Doe presses the gun into his temple. The music swells as Somerset runs down another part of the alley, calling after Mills. Mills just calls out, ''No!'' And suddenly, John Doe whips his gun away from Mills and he's gone. Mills collapses into the rain-soaked street as Somerset finally finds him and helps him to his feet.
1: So I, this, hands down, one of the best chase sequences ever put to film. Yeah. Right. Ever. I, I love this so much. It's shot so brilliantly. The choices they make on the editing. Yeah. Whether to do handheld or whether to, you know... Every single thing, every single choice that's made, the music that is used, yeah, uh, the shot of the gun to M- Mills's head is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I just, I can't say enough about this sequence. This to me is the epitome of good filmmaking. Yeah, no, it's good.
0: Um, in the scene too, Brad Pitt, his hand goes through a windshield, and he injured his hand horribly like cut oh, it wow. open really really bad so they had to write it in and so him like after a certain point he has a cast on and it's, it's real like he really <laughs> fucked himself <laughs> up and like because everything's filmed out of order yeah the scene where he's in the office with somerset and tracy calls him his hand is swollen and you can see that like his the arm of his like shirt his coat is fat because the cast is pulled uh, down in there oh man his hand is like purple almost like He really fucking hurt (laughs) himself.
1: But honestly, after that chase, it works in perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense.
0: But both soaked from the rain and Mills' face covered in his own blood, they return to John Doe's apartment. Mills insists that they go inside, but Somerset says that they need a warrant. Mills argues that they don't need a warrant. John Doe shooting at them gives them probable cause. But Somerset reminds him that they can't even tell anyone how they got John Doe's name. They never should have even been here. It's like when your friends like so-and-so is talking shit about you, but don't say anything because (laughs) they'll know that I said something. It's like,
1: don't tell me. Don't tell me then.
0: (laughs) Don't give me the list with the secret names if I can't fucking act on the name. (laughs) When Mills reaches for the door anyway, Somerset physically takes him away and pushes him against the opposite wall. He lets go when Mills yells at him, but tries to rationally explain that if they leave this hole of how they got here and why they were here in the first place, they won't be able to prosecute and John Doe could walk. Mills still protests, but Somerset pleads with him to just think they need a reason to have knocked on this door. Mills finally concedes that he's right and starts to walk away, (laughs) but then he's like, too fast, and goes (laughs) to the door and fucking kicks it down. He calmly tells Somerset that there's no point in arguing about it anymore unless he can fix the door.
1: I didn't trust him for a second. No. The second he started walking off, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. right."
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: I did laugh out loud. It's a very hokey moment from Somerset. Yeah. Because he goes, you stupid son of a... Yeah. yeah. And then he stops. i like, nobody
0: does that. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the mist when he's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that's not a human thing no, to do.
1: nobody does that actors do that that's it yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah somerset is angry calling him stupid before walking away down the hall mills calls after him asking how much money they have left we cut to the unimpressed face of a policeman played by lenny lofton he's taking a statement from a homeless woman played by pamela tyson she says that she noticed that this guy was going out a lot when the murders were happening. When she can't quite stick to the story, Mills reminds her that she called Detective Somerset and told him. And then he tells the cop that here he already told him the rest. His head is now bandaged and his arm is in a sling. At this point, yes. But he asks, he has her sign her statement and whisks her away. As she, and as they're walking away, she's like, "I did what you said."
1: Within earshot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, can you wait till we round the corner at least? <laughs>
0: Somerset looks on as Mills takes her out of the alley and insists that she get something to eat. Mills and Somerset finally enter John Doe's apartment with flashlights. Somerset advises everyone else to stay outside. There's a neon cross on the wall. And each time I see this, I have to remind everyone to do yourself a favor and subscribe to my horror confessional. (laughs) Quality content over there.
1: Join their Patreon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A red crucifix on the wall in a deserted apartment. Lords of Salem.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is far-reaching, this movie.
0: It is. It it really is. But Somerset finds a drawer filled with empty bottles of aspirin and a Bible. There are multiple locks on the door. There is an X-ray view box with images displayed on it. Somerset finds a box mounted on the wall with a glass door full of cans of spaghetti sauce. Hmm. He finds another one next to it containing blood-spattered books. Another one containing a jar preserving a hand. On the fourth, there is a receipt taped from a custom order from Wild Bill's leather shop.
1: So it what started to me at first when I was seeing the spaghetti sauce. Yeah. I was like, the very spaghetti sauce. You know, because yeah. it's all coming together. Yeah. Right, right. See the hand that he took. But then I'm like, oh, shit, there's new evidence. Yeah. yeah this
0: is in progress. Yeah. It's taped to the front of it. Yeah. yeah. Somerset lifts the receipt to reveal a photograph of a woman smoking a cigarette as she walks down the street underneath it. As Mills goes into the bathroom, Somerset draws his gun before sliding open a closed door. Once again, so many rooms in this apartment. No, it's yeah. a lot.
1: It's a lot. And I was like, is every apartment in this building outfitted with an x-ray board? Like- yeah.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
1: I'm like... They, okay. they were talking about it, the cinematographer, Darius Kanji. Yeah. He had said that they really wanted to play with darkness in this apartment specifically. Right. Because it's a dark frame of mind that all Very this is coming true. from. Yeah, yeah. And so two things. One, they have a lot of unconventional lighting. Mm-hmm. You have that x-ray board. Yeah. A neon crucifix. The, the lights in the hall. Uh, But they... Did an interesting form of color processing that enhanced all the blackness and shadows, almost like a noir film. Huh. And so you notice in this scene in particular, and kind of in the scene with the gluttony murder, all the blackness in the frame is is black. Yeah. And it's like, you don't see that very often in a film. Right. It's just brilliant work.
0: In the bathroom, suspended among red hanging light bulbs, Mills finds photographs. His flashlight starts to flicker as he looks at them. They're photos of the victims. In the office, with his gun drawn, Somerset finds John Doe's collection of composition books. He picks one up and reads some of the cramped, meticulous handwriting under a section labeled Lust. Mills looks in the tub on his way out of the bathroom and suddenly screams for Somerset. Somerset puts the comp book back and comes running. Mills tells Somerset that they had him. He shines a light on the photos that have developed in the tub. John Doe was the photographer on the stairs. We see the photos that he snapped of Mills yelling
1: (laughs) It's such. It's an action shot. It is.
0: (laughs) Later, a police sketch artist played by Sarah Reinhardt shows Mills a sketch of Heisenberg <laughs> asking if this is yeah. him.
1: <laughs> Dude, I laughed so hard. He's like the, the, the plainest person you've ever seen. Yeah. That's, it? <laughs> That's
0: it. That's it.
1: That's <laughs> it. That I, I've ever seen him.
0: Yep. Mills dismissively tells her yes and keeps it moving. Detective Sarah, played by Emily Wagner, stops him to tell him that they've got nothing to go on. He's got no pay stubs, addresses, appointment books. She shows Mills his source of funds that they found under the bed, a cigar box filled with cash. Mills is happy that they've got his money, and he tries to leave again, but Detective Sarah stops him. She prepares him that he's not going to believe this, but they have not found one fingerprint. (laughs) He's like, you're right. I don't believe it. (laughs) Keep looking. He goes into the office where Somerset sits, reading one of the composition books. He tells Mills that they're going to need more men on this. There are 2,000 books filled with 250 pages each.
1: I did want to talk about these composition books. Mm -hmm. They were so meticulously put together. They were done by Clive Piercy and John Sable, and they got these really, really detailed ideas from David Fincher, and then they kind of just ran with it. Every page that you see is actually written. They spent weeks working on these books. Finding medical photos, all these different things from old books to cut and paste in here. This is
0: just like with the library. Yeah. It's like y'all didn't have to do this.
1: They said that they baked them, they binded them with thread, like they worked their asses off. The books alone and the budget, the books cost fifteen thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. Like it's unbelievable. And when you look at it from what the film was supposed to be, yeah, this being the only scene that you actually see them, you're glad that the intro had them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The opening credits is not like pretty much ninety eight percent these books. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, fuck, show it off.
2: That's pretty cool, though, man. That takes a lot of fucking like it's so meticulous determined, yeah Yeah. we're gonna do it this way it's like you know we can cgi those no no
1: no no no. no.
0: or we can just do one and just look at one no yeah yeah. they said that's wild
1: they made i think at least one book per deadly sin (laughs) and they even taped them with a particular color to signify that sin Uh, all right like it's unbelievable it's it's a lot
0: that's amazing but Mills asks if there's anything pertaining to the murders. Somerset responds with reading a passage from the book. What sick, ridiculous puppets we are, and what a gross little stage we dance on! What fun we have dancing and fucking, not a care in the world, not knowing that we are nothing. We are not what was intended.
1: That's a bit coarse.
0: Yeah, a little decorum. <laughs> a little decorum. A decorum. <laughs> I've, I've uh,
1: coined, coined. Yes. <laughs>
0: a crumb of decorum a decor crumb decor crumb he launches off that a lonely man came up to him on a subway to make conversation they made small talk and john doe tries to be patient but his head began to hurt suddenly he threw up all over the man the man was upset but john doe couldn't stop laughing
1: yeah, cool story, bro. Like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I when he said he could okay. When he said he threw up on him I was like, Oh my god and he said he was not pleased, I was like, Yeah, of course not. Duh. But yeah. then he said he couldn't stop laughing. You're like what? so yeah. edgy
0: dude Like John Doe is Whoa Like that dude is cool as fuck
2: <laughs> All he's eating is that spaghetti sauce That's true Yeah like, that's, that's, that's not, not good healthy. That's not gonna What's be good What's the for date you?
1: on that sauce man uh, Right uh, <laughs> That's probably the culprit Honestly seeing all that stacked and Them going through I was like girl you live like this Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh He was coming home
0: with more groceries yeah. yeah But that's so funny To even think about him Coming up the stairs With like a baguette Poking yeah. out of the grocery yeah. bag Like <laughs> what did you have like,
1: He's like, we're eating you good tonight. You yeah. cook in
0: here? Like, that's hilarious. Uh,
1: by the light of the fucking yeah. crucifix. Yeah.
0: <laughs> bon appétit.
1: Good lord.
0: Somerset says that there are no dates in any of the books, and they don't seem to be put away in any kind of order. It's just his mind on paper. If they had fifty men on this reading in twenty-four hour shifts, Somerset says that it would take two months to get through. It did. I did appreciate the fact that there were no dates because once again, let's take it back to CSI <laughs> I remember that there was somebody had been kidnapped and they found a bunch of notebooks and they started from the beginning oh. and they were reading them all in like chronological order and then Grissom's like we should be reading from the end <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Chris, you genius.
1: You wasted the whole episode. <laughs> the
0: whole episode. He's like, I was born on a farm. It's like, okay, can I don't care. Yeah. We can learn
1: about his farm life later That's after we so catch him. so
0: fucking funny. Good Why Lord. would you not start? That's so fucking funny. Well, you
1: start books at the beginning. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I'm not going to know the context. <laughs> But Mills is agitated, but freezes when he hears a phone ringing. He snaps into action, tracking down the phone through the apartment. He rips his arm out of his sling on his quest before finally finding the phone hidden under clothes. He answers it with clothes between his hand and the phone, which is very smart. As soon as he says hello, John Doe replies, I admire you. Mills motions Somerset over, who begins to record the conversation. John Doe says that he doesn't know how they found him, but he's respecting law enforcement agencies more every day. (laughs) Mills tells him that he appreciates it, but John Doe interrupts, telling him to listen. He says that he'll be readjusting his schedule in light of the setback today. He just wanted to call and express his admiration. He says that he didn't mean to hurt one of them, but he didn't really have a choice. He apologizes and says that he would like to say more, but he doesn't want to ruin the surprise. He abruptly hangs up somerset plays back his voice on the recorder
1: so his calmness on the phone first of all is horrifying yeah uh, oh yeah but it was very funny to me that he's admitting he's like look some of these riddles were hard yeah, yeah. and you guys <laughs> you're
0: fucking killing yeah. it yeah. you rose to the challenge later as they looked over the bagged photos still in John Doe's apartment mills admits that somerset was right he is preaching he says that they already know the men in the photos but asks who the blonde is Somerset looks at the photo, a blurry blonde standing on the street in a fur coat. Somerset proposes that she looks like a sex worker, and Mills says that maybe she caught John Doe's eye. Saturday begins with a visit to Wild Bill's Leather. Now, okay. (laughs) I did not remember the scene of them at the leather shop. No. But, like of course it was this kind of leather because I hear wild bills, leather shop. I'm thinking wild bills, leather shop. <laughs> like I, because I think we have like a wild bills here. That's like cowboy boots. I think, I think so. Right. Um, so when I see this man, I, it's like, Oh, wild. Yeah. <laughs> like That's not, okay
1: like i cannot be tamed (laughs)
0: you're wild got it
1: i did laugh because i was like they got them working saturday god damn yeah Yeah. but i mean i mean it's kind of it doesn't sleep important it doesn't sleep yeah the the city never sleeps the city
0: does not sleep
1: don't know what city it is
0: But, uh, (laughs) but wild bill played by martin serene tells them that he came and got his order last night he says that john doe was an easy name to remember and he recalls that he had a limp
1: I will say two things. Number one, it may be played by a different man, but this is a Trent Reznor cosplay <laughs> in the nineties like that. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing about him walking with a limp, there's another film. I would be careful about assuming that someone has a limp.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> we see in the cases behind wild bill that this is like sexy leather. Oh not yeah. like
2: The good guy. Right. Yeah.
0: Not like, um, like functional leather. Right. <laughs>
1: Well, it's functional. Yeah, it depends on the function.
0: It depends on the function. But he finds a picture of John Doe's order to give to the detectives, saying that he thought John Doe was a performance artist based on what he had made. Mills takes a look at the picture of the order before handing it back to Somerset, who asks in disbelief, you made this for him? Wild Bill says that he thinks he actually undercharged him and that he's made way weirder stuff than this. This, I've seen this movie hundreds of times i Mm -hmm. mean it's probably a slight exaggeration but only a slight one Mm -hmm. i did not notice ever that while they're having this conversation there's a man standing outside the window watching them
2: no oh really yes
0: the door's glass. Yeah. And when he's like, yeah, I remember the name John Doe. He walks with a limp. Da-da-da-da. A man is kind of walking. It kind of looks like he has a lamp yeah. and he stops and he's watching. He stops and watches through the door yeah. before walking off.
1: I need to go back. That's not. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Never noticed that
1: ever. <laughs> it's funny because he's watching. He's like, damn, they're good. Yeah. yeah. I'm so fucking
0: impressed.
2: I was looking around the store. I yeah.
1: Right. And you're like, that's cool. Yeah. Like
0: 1099. That's not bad. He does under John man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh and yeah but
1: what city is it yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i never noticed that that's
1: that's, that's incredible yeah, yeah go back
0: and look but suddenly somerset's pager goes off and he checks it before letting mills know that they found the blonde they leave wild bill calls after them asking for the picture back but they ignore him
1: well he needed it for his portfolio he yeah. weren't hard on that <laughs> I, and I honestly after seeing what we see i am very troubled by him saying that he's made worse uh, yeah. yeah
0: yeah but he was like i thought it was a performance artist you know like guys that piss in a cup on stage and drink it it's like oh yeah no, know those guys yeah, performance yeah, yeah everybody knows those guys yeah <laughs> but in the next scene mills and somerset arrive at hothouse They pass a cop and a man in a cashier booth played by David Correa and Michael Massey as they follow a cop played by Ron Blair downstairs and into the strip club. Music still blasts and Somerset asks if they can turn it down, but the cop says they're still looking for the guy in charge of it. He motions for the detectives to go down another hallway. They do, and suddenly, Sweating Cop, played by Lexi Bigham... Come on, man. Dr- that, that's yeah.
1: it. <laughs> Well, I guess it's better than Greasy. I guess. Greasy yeah. FBI, man.
0: <laughs> Steps out of a room and frantically asks if they're with homicide. He tells them that they need to see this before dashing back into the room. Once he's moved, we can see that the word lust is scratched into the door. As paramedics, played by Evan Mirand and Paul Eckstein, tend to Crazed Man, played by Leland Orser, the sweating cop removes the blanket from the bed. Mercifully, all we see is the spread and restrained legs of Lust Victim, played by Jennifer Mueller. The crazed man is hysterical, screaming at the paramedics to get this thing off of him. Mills screams at them over the music to get him out of here.
1: Just the atmosphere of this situation yeah i'm like i i it's been a long time since i've been that uncomfortable oh yeah yeah
0: i will say this scene and the next scene it's horrific mm-hmm. but you don't see anything it's so strange to me revisiting this because i remember this disturbing me so deeply yeah and being like i cannot fucking believe they did this like i yeah. can't believe <laughs> that you put this in a movie yeah but you don't you don't see anything yeah it's just all the suggestion of it is so fucking disturbing and awful that your brain like fills in yeah. the gaps yeah i was so like you see her leg and yeah. that's
1: it it's hitchcock's theater of the mind yeah anything you can conjure up is way worse than what they could show and if they showed it it wouldn't it would take away from this yeah. yeah i
0: just working on the script i was like wow that it's just masterful the way that this it has so much impact uh-huh. because i remembered being so fucked up by this yeah but you're like they don't you they, he made you do that yeah. he made me do it in my own head mm-hmm. wow but we cut to interrogation rooms In one, Somerset stands across the table from the crazed man who is still cloaked in a sheet. In the other, Mills sits across from the man in the booth. He asks if he heard anything strange, and he says no. In the other room, the man is still shaking uncontrollably and struggling to get his story out. They said that Leland Orser, like took in so much oxygen that it made him shaky and caused him to hyperventilate and that he stayed up for like three days to film the scene
1: and he's
0: hyperventilating like he is it's real yeah oh my god
1: this is one of the hardest performances to watch yes period yeah and he does he just does it so well
0: but he says that john doe asked him if he was married and that's when he saw he had a gun in his hand. He is almost unable to comprehend Somerset's question when he asks where the lust victim was in the next room. Mills confirms that anyone who wants to go downstairs at the club to get a little, you know, what has to go through the man in the booth. He asks again, if he saw anyone that had a package or something under their arm, the man in the booth, he's not in the booth anymore, but that's that's his credit (laughs) says that everyone comes in there with something. Some guys even bring entire suitcases Back in the other room, the man says that the victim was sitting on the bed. Somerset presents him with the photo from Wild Bill. We finally see that the apparatus that he made for John Doe was a strap-on with a knife at the end of it. Somerset asks if he or John Doe tied the victim down. I think it's pretty clear where this is going, but Mm. I do want to warn everybody this is very explicit and upsetting. Yes. In the other room, Mills taunts the man, asking if he likes what he does for a living. The man admits that he doesn't, but that's life. He stubs out a cigarette in the ashtray in front of him. The crazed man reiterates to Somerset that John Doe had a gun and that he made it happen. He made him do it. He says that he put it on him. He made him wear it and assault the victim. He did it. He lapses into hysterics again, screaming that the gun was in his throat. He prays for God to help him. We get a shot of Mills and Somerset, each alone in their respective interrogation rooms, looking defeated.
1: This gives me goosebumps every time. Yeah, it makes
0: my stomach hurt.
1: I will say, um, just as a bit of levity, whenever they pan over from Somerset's interrogation room Mm -hmm. over to Mills, I thought he was going to be eating Lay's potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but thankfully he's, he's got, doing work. Yeah. Yes, his heads in the game.
0: I did read a cracked article really, really long time ago, back when I was still religiously oh, man. a cracked fan, but they talked about things that people do in every single movie. And like Tom Hanks pees in every movie. <laughs> and once you know that you're like, Oh my God, he fucking does. Yeah. Brad Pitt eats in every movie. And once you know that, you're like, oh my god, he fucking does. Yeah. Like you saying him eating malays, that yeah. made me yeah. think of that. He does.
1: He does, and it, that's why when he pushed away the pizza earlier, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah.
0: but you're not. You're but, not gonna eat it. Wow, <laughs>
1: the range.
0: <laughs> right, incredible. <laughs> that night at a bar, Somerset cautions Mills that it's not possible for this to have a happy ending. Mills says that he'll be happy enough if he can just catch him. Somerset says that if they catch him and he ends up to literally be Satan, that might live up to their expectations of them. But that's not what's going to happen. He's not Satan. He's just a man. Mills says that Somerset bitches and complains and thinks that he's preparing him for a hard time. Somerset understands. Mills wants to be the champion. He tells him that people don't want champions, though. They want to eat cheeseburgers and play the lotto and watch TV. Mills asks how he got like this, and Somerset takes a deep sigh and a drink. He says that it wasn't just one thing. He can't live in a place that celebrates apathy as a virtue. But Mills tells him that he's no better. Somerset admits this. He Mm -hmm. knows that he's not. Apathy is a solution. It's easier than coping with life. It's easier to steal than to earn, to beat a child than to raise it. All of that takes work. Mills says that they're talking about mentally ill people, but Somerset says, no, this is everyday life and Mills can't afford to be this naive. Mills spells it out for him. Somerset is saying that the problem with people is that they don't care. So his solution is to not care about people. Well,
2: I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean,
0: (laughs) it's like, come on. Somerset asks if he cares, and Mills answers yes, he does. He says that he doesn't think Somerset is quitting because he actually believes this. He thinks that he wants to believe this because he's quitting. He says that he wants Mills to agree with him, but he's not going to because he doesn't agree. He can't agree. He finishes his drink as Somerset watches him silently. Mills stands up, puts cash on the bar, and thanks Somerset before heading home.
1: So this for me was very sad because you can tell that Somerset is trying to impart wisdom on his way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he also sees the optimism that he used to have in Mills.
0: I feel like he has been so consistently disappointed and worn down that he's trying to be like, look, I know that you think this is going to end one way, but that's not what's going to like, he's like, he is trying to prepare him, but he's, In doing that, he's trying to sway him into his way of kind of giving up. Yeah,
1: honestly. And it's very indicative of, I guess, the themes that they're really presenting with these two characters for the entire film, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's been this back and forth of these two different sides of this spectrum of cynicism and optimism. But I think that what Mills sees as giving up is just being world-weary. yeah Yeah. it's coming from experience it's not coming from just be like whatever yeah yeah
2: well that's the thing and so i told him like it's not just one thing dude no that's why he tried to tell him at the beginning not here
0: yeah 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 yeah. but not here but
1: not in this place it's different yeah i did want to point out as well i don't know if you remember nay but there was a time.
0: Yeah, I wasn't even going to bring it up because I was positive that you forgot.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, we were teenagers. Yeah. And we selected like a ton of scenes. There was like, I know there was one from Fight Club, there was one from Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Like we did like a ton of them where we wrote down every line in the, in the thing because we thought we were going to be actors. You see? Oh, we
0: were positive it we were going to be r- actors. It was just a
1: moment of time and waiting to be discovered at Sunset Mall in San Angelo, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but this was one of the scenes that we did and i remember i was somerset and you were mills yep i don't know if it's because mills cursed more and you were like no I'm- i was, I was <laughs> the part i was born to play baby but i i, I remembered like every line from yeah the scene. that is
0: so funny i was like i'm not even gonna bring that up because how fucking embarrassing no then. it was it was very funny <laughs> but yeah
1: it was a lot of fun
0: it was I remember one that we did from Pulp Fiction.
1: Which one did we do with that? We
0: did. it. Uh, you were Jules and I was... Um, Vincent? Vincent, yeah.
1: We were just doing too no, much. Was, That's yeah. entire, that well, was entirely we, too much. We did the chemical burn scene from Fight Club. Yeah, and once again, uh, yeah. too much. I fell off the bed and I hurt myself. <laughs> You're like Brad Pitt. Yeah, He's I was like, like, no, yeah, I hurt yeah, myself for real. Yeah. For the rest of the day, I wore a cast on my-
0: <laughs> We had to write it into the script. <laughs>
1: god that's ridiculous no that's great
0: but at home mills cuddles up to tracy who's laying in bed he tells her that he loves her so much and she smiles at his house somerset lays restless with the metronome clicking behind him abruptly he snatches it up and throws it across the room where it breaks against the floor he gets up and throws his switchblade at his dartboard again and again
1: they said on commentary that they told Morgan Freeman, they're like, look, this isn't a throwing knife. Yeah. So what we can do is we can attach a line to it and you'll throw it. It'll hit. It'll be fine. Yeah. He's like, no, I got it. And he did it. Of yeah. course he
0: did. Yeah. <laughs> of course he did. Well, he it, does it like three times.
2: Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, he looks like he's comfortable doing it. Yeah. 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 He hit a bullseye on the first
1: one. That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> um, one thing that did stick out to me, though, is that a lesser film, it's ending with a throwing knife.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But no. Yeah. That was it. Yeah.
0: Sunday opens with the 911 operator played by Harris Savitas taking a call. John Doe tells him that he's gone and done it again.
1: Oops. He <laughs> <laughs>
0: did it again. <laughs> <laughs> he got to finish it. I'm sorry.
1: Um, I did think this very much reminded me of the Zodiac. Oh, yeah. The way that he would make the phone calls. Yeah. Of course, Fincher. Zodiac. Zodiac.
0: Right. Yeah. I've got... I know... There is something later on that ties into Zodiac as well. that I don't know if you know. And when I wrote it in the thing, I was like, "T's going to be real happy. About that. <laughs> but we cut to the crime scene where pride victim played by Heidi Shans lays dead in her bed. Her white bedding is stained with blood. Her face is obstructed by gauze against the wall propped up on the bed above her is a framed photograph of her with the word pride written above it in blood. Mills finds sleeping pills glued to one hand and a phone glued to the other. Hmm. I don't mean to laugh, but this is the one that I was like, this is some jigsaw shit.
1: (laughs) But where was the tape recorder? Right, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Somerset asks if he sees what he did as Dr. O'Neill unbinds her face. Mills thinks that John Doe mutilated her and then bandaged it up, but Somerset shows him that it was a choice. She could call for help and live, but be disfigured, or she could put herself out of her own misery.
1: So what you're saying to me is live or die. Yeah. Make your choice. (laughs) Follow your
0: heart. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. O'Neill reports that John Doe cut off her nose, and Somerset interjects to spite her face. Doctor O'Neill says that this was done recently, and I know that he said that he had to readjust his timeline. But bitch, this shit is bad. Yeah. Like, slow down, <laughs> slow down. They pull up to the precinct, but as they walk to the door, Somerset tells Mills that he's decided to stay on until this is over. You he knew says, it. "Yeah, of course." Yeah. He says that this will end one of two ways. They will catch John Doe or he'll finish and this will continue for years. Mills tries to protest, thanking him, but saying that it's not necessary. Somerset asks if he can just keep him on as a partner for a few more days. He says that it would be a favor. Just as they walk into the precinct, a man gets out of a taxi and starts walking toward it. Inside, Mills tells Somerset that he knew he would say yes before receiving messages that Tracy called.
1: Yeah that Mm -hmm.
0: the man walks into the station and now we can see that there is blood on the back of his white shirt the man calls out detective politely a few times they don't hear him and continue up the stairs as the people on the bottom floor of the station freeze and stare at the man who we now see is covered in blood he screams detective (laughs) and finally they turn around he stretches out his hands each of his fingertips wrapped in gauze the blood is on his shirt, his arms, his hands. We finally see him. John Doe, played by Kevin Spacey. He says, you're looking for me. I I heard
2: him the first time he called. Oh, them. yeah. <laughs> I do know. Yeah, no,
0: they were too wrapped up. Yeah. yeah. He said it
1: loudly. <laughs> they're like, well, if we cross check. Yeah, yeah. like, Come on, yeah. dude. I, I'm giving myself yeah. to you. And how did the taxi driver not like i'd be like uh sir yeah yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) but he's like take me to the police oh you got it yeah say less you got it um i do want to say again fuck kevin spacey Mm -hmm. if you don't know like the extent of what this man has done there is a dreading true crime video yes yes on youtube that i was not even fully aware of everything it is wild i highly recommend it um but back to, you know, looking at it in a very microscopic view of right. this film, mm-hmm. he they had wanted to give him top billing. Right. And he insisted on keeping his name off of everything because he said it at this point in his career, when you see Kevin Spacey as top billing and then you don't see him for fucking 90 minutes or however long, uh-huh. he's John Doe. Right. So I think it was very smart of them to listen and very strategic for the film for this to be this faceless monster, which, you know, ironically, Kevin Spacey is a fucking monster, but stalking the streets and you're kind of filling in that gap yourself. And so to see him, Mm -hmm. it's like, fuck.
1: And if you're not at all expecting to see Kevin Spacey earlier, whenever he was in the stairwell, taking the pictures or whatever, it's Kevin Spacey in a wig.
0: Yes. (laughs) And (laughs) And it's Kevin Spacey's, it's it's his (laughs) voice on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah.
1: Another thing about this, is you really when you think of a film that has a crime element and the main characters are the detectives, mm-hmm. the film doesn't end like this. This is very unexpected. No. yeah. To see the killer be like, "All right, yeah, yeah, here I am." So what? What is this? Why? Yes
0: especially the fact that he has been we've acknowledged multiple times that he's playing games yeah, yeah. there's no reason for him to come and be like well you guys win <laughs> but they, they didn't though
1: and he's very good at these games oh yes. yeah so i overly suspicious i don't think their suspicion meets the level that mine that they should be right. yeah. yeah
0: but mills snaps into action drawing his gun and running toward him yelling at him to get down Other officers draw their weapons, but Somerset tells them to stay away from him. John Doe Qualley tells Mills that he knows him before following instruction and dropping to his knees. Multiple guns pointed at him. He slowly lowers to his stomach. A cop cuffs him, getting blood on his hands. He's like, what is this? It's blood.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know what it is. (laughs) It's
0: blood. John Doe looks up and politely asks to speak to his lawyer. Later, we see John Doe's bloody fingerprints on a sheet. The captain explains that he cuts the tips off of his fingers. That's why they could never find a print. And he's been doing it for a long time.
1: I have to admit that I laughed that they continued printing it. They still did, yeah. (laughs) They're like, I don't think. uh, Try the ring finger. I I don't know. It's a (laughs) procedure.
0: In an interrogation room through the glass, sitting across from his attorney, Mark Suar, played by Richard Schiff, John Doe calmly dips a tea bag into a cup. The captain says that everything as far as bank accounts or guns has come up as a dead end. He has no credit or employment history. His bank account is only five years old and he started it with cash. They're working on tracing his furniture. They've got nothing.
1: That, again, in this day and age. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah.
0: The only thing they know about John Doe is that he's independently wealthy, well educated, and insane. They look at him through the glass, and Mills confirms that they don't get to question him. The captain says that they don't. He's going to court now. <laughs> I was like, what, <laughs> what? the fuck? <laughs> Mills says that there's no way he would just turn himself in. It doesn't make any sense. Somerset agrees, saying that he's not finished. Again, we've not done all of the sins. Yeah. No. Mills tells the captain that he's just fucking with them and they're letting it happen. Somerset says that for the first time ever, (laughs) he and Mills are in total agreement. There's no way he would just stop two murders away from creating his masterpiece. And he's, he's 100% right.
1: Yeah. I don't understand why it's only Somerset and Mills. Yeah. They're like, no, he's done. Well, yeah. He's I'm, done. I'm sure they're like, yeah.
0: No, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. We're done. He came in here. Yeah, he got tired. Yeah. Of it's it. over. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was scared of us. He was scared. <laughs> it's
0: like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> Not even a little no. bit. No. Later, Mark Swar, the attorney, says that there are two more bodies hidden. He'll take Mills and Somerset to the bodies, but only them and only at six o'clock today. Mills asks why them and Mark says it's because John Doe admires them. Somerset remarks that this is all part of the game. Mark continues that if the detectives don't accept the offer, they'll never find the bodies. Talbot is fine with just letting the bodies rot, but Mills insists they've already got him locked up. It's a done deal. He comes for the lawyer for having John Doe as a client. The captain chastises him, but tells Mark that they don't make deals here. Mark says that John Doe wants him to tell them that if they don't accept, he will plead insanity. Talbot invites John Doe to try it, but Mark says that he knows he could get John Doe off on insanity based on the nature of the crimes.
1: I, I disagree with that. Yeah. They're so
0: meticulous and yeah. so well planned. Yeah. I mean, it's such a... Well, the, he, the one guy
2: he had in the bed for a year, that's yeah.
1: not insanity. You no. paid yeah. your rent. You <laughs> yeah. went to the grocery <laughs> <Yes>. store twice. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, especially with what he's pointing out as the method of these crimes, yeah. Yeah. he he understands right from wrong. By definition of the crime. Yes. Yeah. So your lawyer... Yeah, try it.
0: Yeah. Try it, Mr. Suar. (laughs) Talbot doesn't believe this, but Mark continues. If they accept the conditions of this deal, he will sign a full confession and plead guilty right now.
1: In all honesty, what reason on earth would you not talk to him and take this deal? Why are we even having a discussion?
0: I would feel like, honestly... It feels like bait. Oh, it is. Yeah. And the fact that he's like, only you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and only Right now. It's like, what? Well, he's, you know, he's working on something. Yeah. That's, that's
0: the only reason I would think to not take it. There is no other reason.
1: Cause I mean, the fact that they're even having this debate, I was like, get, figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Go in there. You know, there, if there's more to this, which you know, there is, yeah. you need to know.
0: Yeah. The captain tells Mills that it's his case. So he needs to make a decision. Mills is sold on the prospect of a full confession and says that he's in. But Mark reminds him that it has to be both him and Somerset. Somerset says that if John Doe were to claim insanity, then this conversation, the admittance of him blackmailing them with his plea would be admissible in court. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Mark's like, yeah, 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 that's true. (laughs) (laughs) But he says that the fact that two more people are dead and they don't care to go find them and give them a proper burial would be admissible as well. That's not a good look.
1: Well, no, it's not.
0: Somerset says that this is only true if there actually are two more bodies. Talbot chimes in that they analyzed the blood that was on John Doe when he arrived at the station. Some of it came from him from slicing his fingers, <laughs> 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 which means that he just did that. Yeah. <laughs> and some came from the pride victim, and some came from a third source that they haven't identified. To try to convince Somerset, he assures him that John Doe will be unarmed when they escort him. He looks over at Mills, who tells him, let's finish it. Later, as they shave their chests in the bathroom to prepare themselves to wear wires, Somerset tells Mills that even if John Doe's head splits open and a UFO flies out, he needs to be prepared for it.
1: (laughs) He's got a lot of these, like, if he's he's Satan.
0: (laughs) Mills says that he will, then asks if he accidentally shaved off a nipple, would it be covered by Workman's comp? For the second time in the entire film. There they laugh. We go. Yeah. yeah.
1: I forgot. He's like, your wife's right, dude. You're yeah, funny as hell. Yeah, you well. are funny.
0: <laughs> Somerset offers to buy him a new one himself if Mills is man enough to file the workman's comp claim. <laughs> Mills admits that if he keeps coming home late, Tracy is going to think that something's up. He pauses for a moment, hesitating, clearly wanting to ask or say something. But when Somerset asks what, Mills just walks away.
1: What was he going to say?
0: I don't know. Something about Tracy. Yeah. But we cut to the recording equipment being set up and mics being taped to Mills and Somerset before they button up their shirts and get ready to go. They're both quiet and tense, arming themselves with their guns and bulletproof vests on the roof. They ready a helicopter, California and another member of the SWAT team jump in and they take off downstairs. John Doe is escorted out of the precinct with Somerset and Mills behind him. In the garage, they get into a car with just the two of them in the front and just John Doe in the back. The helicopter tracks their movements as they make their way through the city. This felt like GTA. (laughs) (laughs) In the car, Somerset asks John who he really is. There's no harm in telling them at this point. But John says who he is means absolutely nothing. He continues to give them directions, leading them out of the city. Mills asks where they're going and John just tells him, you'll see. Mills ventures that they're not just going to find two bodies where they're going because that wouldn't be big enough and shocking enough. He accuses John Doe of just wanting to make a show for the papers. And John says that if you want someone to listen to you, you can't just tap them on the shoulder anymore. But once you hit them with a sledgehammer, then you have their strict attention. Mills asks why he's so special that people should listen to him. And John admits that he's not special, but his work is. Mills disagrees, saying he sees nothing special about his work. And John doesn't like this. Mills continues that two months from now, no one will even remember what he did. John says that Mills just can't see the whole thing yet. Once it's finished, people will barely be able to comprehend, but they won't be able to deny.
1: First of all, the prospect of that is horrifying. Yeah. yeah. But even if he had only done five out of the seven, people would talk about this forever. Forever. I don't think that it was like, well, did he complete it? No. No. Oh, Oh, fuck fuck that. It meant nothing. (laughs) (laughs) He tells Mills
0: that he can't wait for him to see it because it's really going to be something. Mills says that he'll be standing right next to John when the big thing happens. So be sure to point it out because he doesn't want to miss it. John assures him that he won't. He won't miss a thing. You're not worried about what this guy's saying, man. Like, like, everything that comes out of your mouth is so scary. None of
2: this is, like... Oh, you know, you're going to find somebody else. It's just like you. Yes. You. 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 It's like, you're not. Are you not picking up on that
1: yet? (laughs) It's so specific. Yeah. And honestly, though, I mean, it plays into Mills because Mills, this cocky young detective. Yeah. Yeah. Somerset looks more concerned than Mills does. Yeah. So, I mean. And he's
0: not antagonizing him. Mills is antagonizing him. Yes. Yeah. They continue their journey out into the desert. Somerset notices John rocking back and forth in his seat and asks what's so exciting. John says that it's not too far. Mills asks John if he can help him figure something out. He says that since John is insane, does he know that he's insane? John says that it's comfortable for Mills to label him as insane. He says that he doesn't expect him to understand, but he didn't choose this. He was chosen. Somerset offers that he's sure that John believes that, but that he's overlooking a glaring contradiction. John asks for clarification, and Somerset explains that if John were chosen by a higher power and forced to do this, it's strange that he's enjoying it so much. That really doesn't line up with martyrdom. John says nothing to this, (laughs) but when Mills prods him, he says that he doubts that he enjoyed it any more than Mills would enjoy time alone with him in a room with no windows. He asks how happy I know he's like deflect 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 He asks how happy it would make Mills to hurt him. When Mills starts to say that he wouldn't do that, John interrupts and says that he only wouldn't because of the consequences, but he can see it in his eyes. He says that there's nothing wrong with a man taking pleasure in his work. He had his own desire to turn sin against sinners. Mills says that he killed innocent people and that sets John off. He details his victims, and to be clear, these are John Doe's words and not mine. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. An obese man who could barely stand that Mills would make fun of if he saw on the street. Then he killed the attorney, which he thinks Mills and Somerset are secretly grateful for. He dedicated his life to making money by keeping murderers and rapists on the street. Mills tries to remind John that he's a murderer too, but John keeps barreling forward. Next, he killed the woman so ugly on the inside that she couldn't live if she wasn't beautiful on the outside. Next was the drug dealing pederast. Very, very ironic. Hmm. Then the sex worker who was spreading disease. He says that only in this city could Mills call these people innocent and keep a straight face. He says that there is a sin on every street corner and in every home, and we tolerate it because it's common. He says that he is setting an example and what he has done will be studied and followed forever. Mills dismisses all of this as delusions of grandeur, but John says that Mills should be thanking him because he'll be remembered after this. He reminds him that the only reason he's even here right now is because he wanted to be. Mills says that he would have caught him eventually, but John doesn't believe this. He asks what indisputable evidence Mills had before he walked into the station and turned himself in. Mills remembers knocking on John's door and John remembers breaking his face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh, we petty. So uh, on top of all that, he is petty as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, that, first of all, that was a awful words. Great speech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually did it as a monologue in theater very good i had a lot of fun with it but the thing is to me is that whenever mills is like oh you're insane yeah it's 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 this way of like distancing and othering
0: it's exactly it's comforting to, yes. to be like oh that's definitely this wouldn't happen again this is only happening because this one specific person is specifically ill in this specific way exactly it's, it's easier
1: it's but when really it's someone who is diabolical yeah sadistic Mm -hmm. meticulous meticulous and could be anyone yeah Uh, yeah, of course i think that's more in line with what somerset's thinking is yeah this could be your neighbor yeah this could be the cashier yeah you know like that i think is too scary for mills to accept oh yeah
0: He leans into the divider between them and tells Mills that he's only alive because he didn't kill him. He says to remember that every time he looks in the mirror and sees his face for the rest of the life that he has allowed him to live. Damn. I mean, (laughs) fuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's not wrong, though. No. No. But I mean, in all honesty. That's why it hurts. Yeah. Yeah even going back to him finding mills after he broke his face and everything yeah, yeah. you knew he couldn't shoot him because he didn't play a part in the, the thing his right, his right, right. plan so yeah. i mean it literally is because he is so strict with his own plan yeah that he's still here that's nuts yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> mills yells at him to sit back and shut up He tells him that he's not a Messiah. He's a movie of the week. He then disengages, but John continues, telling him not to ask him to pity them. Somerset asks him if he did God's good work, and John just says that the Lord works in mysterious ways. Hmm. He points to high-tension towers up ahead and says that that's where they're going. Listening to this in the helicopter, they scope out the area, and California assures them that there's no ambush. There's nothing. They can't land near the wires, so they circle around as the car approaches.
1: I just want to say the tension in this car is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The way that this scene is shot, the way that they cut it, it's perfect. And you see a lot of really small moments like after John Doe gets a rise out of Mills, mm-hmm. they show Mills furious. They show Somerset disappointed in Mills for getting so furious. And then they show John Doe and he's very satisfied.
0: Oh, very. And it's
1: like, holy shit. Yeah, he is
0: so pleased with himself this entire. Yeah, very much so. But they finally stop the car and Mills and Somerset get out. There is nothing for Miles except for an abandoned mobile home and a forgotten car. Mills, with his gun drawn, tells John to come out. Somerset spots a dead dog, but John's like, I didn't do that. Come on,
1: man. (laughs) Shut up.
0: (laughs) Shut up. He asks for the time and Somerset says that it's 7.01. John assures him that it's close and starts to lead them somewhere. The team in the helicopter watches dutifully. As they follow John, a vehicle begins to drive down the road toward them, causing Somerset to stop. He calls after Mills, who points a gun at John and has him get down on his knees. Somerset runs toward the vehicle, and John tells Mills that it's good they have some time to talk. Somerset gets back in the car and races toward the oncoming van, telling the team in the helicopter to be ready for anything. He parks in the middle of the road and gets out, firing his gun in the air before pointing it at the van. The van swerves before coming to a stop. Somerset yells at the driver to come out and delivery man played by Richmond Arquette does, (laughs) hands raised, begging Somerset not to shoot him. Yes, Arquette, david's yeah. brother yeah david and them's brother yeah. i was like what the fuck he also played zodiac one and two in zodiac
1: holy ah, shit right.
0: that's what i was like T's gonna be really excited that's
1: amazing yeah right yeah
0: i was like what
1: i gotta be honest there's so many arquettes i love seeing anytime I know. <laughs> any one of them pops and out you know
0: any when you see the credits arquette there is yeah, yeah. one of them it's
1: not a <laughs> common no
0: but that's they're brilliant. all related it's that's, hilarious that's yeah. great but he begs Somerset not to shoot him, saying that he's only here to deliver a package to a detective, David Mills. Somerset tells him to get the package, and he does a small box marked fragile. He says that some guy paid him $500 to bring it here at exactly seven o'clock, but you didn't, did That's you? That's the, yeah. yeah. You didn't, did you, Arquette? You got paid.
2: Uh, yeah, but he's, he gets to keep the money, right? Well, yeah, i yeah, 500 bucks. Well, yeah, but I would of also- Of course, but
0: I don't, yeah, I'd be uh, on time. Yeah. <laughs> Probably early. He's in know. the
2: middle of nowhere. He couldn't find the place. I guess. Fair
1: enough. He didn't have Apple Maps yet. Yeah.
2: Not
0: yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Somerset has him put the box down, and California calls for a bomb squad. Somerset takes the driver's ID and tells him to leave. He runs down the road, abandoning his van and Somerset radios for someone to pick him up. He hesitates over the box before finally saying that he's going to open it. With Mills' gun on him, John tells him that when he said he admired him, he meant it. Somerset takes out his switchblade and cuts the tape, holding it closed, remarking that there's blood inside. John says that Mills should be very proud of the life that he's made for himself somerset opens the box and jumps back in horror he looks over at mills and john and then back at the contents of the box before telling california to stay away no matter what he hears because john doe has the upper hand
1: i first of all iconic line yeah. oh my
0: god john doe has the upper hand like i can hear it in my head <laughs> yeah
1: and the funny thing is that we've said that on the show plenty of yes. times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally get to say it for the film yes I was surprised to learn on commentary that Morgan Freeman did not like his performance in this scene. Really? really? Yeah. He had said, he goes, you know, when you think about it, cause you know, we'll discover what's in the box. But he had said that he goes, I, that had never happened to me before. I had never known anybody that that had happened to before he goes. So I didn't know how to react. Nothing
0: to John. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like the horror of what he's seeing is wrestling with him, trying to still, keeps some kind of control over the situation yes. because he yeah. knows what this means I think it makes sense yeah and
1: the thing is is that and that's the thing with everything going in conjunction with each other right the cinematography, the score, the performance the direction because everything kind of goes quiet yeah because he needs that moment to breathe yeah to realize what's going on like you said what this means going forward yeah Yeah. and so i think he i think it's brilliant what he did
0: i do too that makes me sad yeah Yeah.
2: well it works because the whole time he's been telling him to to let his emotions not come into this you're Uh right he's like don't don't do that because
1: that's that's gonna cloud your judgment you're right and we've seen mills fly off the handle oh yeah so it's like a lesson that's been attempted yeah the entire film and here we are at a crossroads Yeah. yeah
0: He calls out to Mills and John says that he wishes he could have lived like Mills. He asks if he's listening to him. He wants him to know how much he admires him and his pretty wife, Tracy. This gets his attention. John continues that it's disturbing how easy it is for a member of the press to buy personal information from the cops at the precinct, which is what Somerset said earlier.
1: Yes. The thing was for me is that, it took me a few times rewatching it. I was like, but how did he know Detective Mills? And I'm like, he fucking shouted it down to him. Fuck. Yeah. M I L L S. And he's like, he got it. He yeah. even spelled it for him. Yes. And that's that's God all he needed. Yeah. It's so well written. But dude. and
0: that was it, it, that was a reaction based on emotion. Yes. Yeah. God, damn it. If he
1: hadn't have done that, he never would have known. Yep.
0: I'm upset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somerset runs toward Mills, begging him to throw his gun down, but he's only listening to John. John continues that after Mills left this morning, he went to his apartment and tried to play husband. He wanted to taste the life of a simple man, but it didn't work out, so he took a souvenir her pretty head. Somerset finally reaches them, imploring Mills to put his gun down before tossing his own away mills asks what's in the box but somerset doesn't answer john says that since he envied mills's normal life envy is his sin mills continues to ask what's in the box yeah. john says that he just told him but mills refuses to believe he presses his gun against john's head calling him a liar somerset says that john wants him to shoot him Mills begs Somerset to tell him that Tracy is all right as John calmly tells him to become wrath. (sighs) Somerset can't tell Mills that she's all right. He only says that Mills can't murder a suspect. John says that Tracy begged for her life, for her life and for her baby's life. Somerset tells John to shut up, backhanding him in the mouth. But this hits Mills. He wrestles with what he's just heard, still holding the gun on John. John only smirks and remarks to Somerset that Mills didn't know.
1: First, first of all, it's it's a lot to take in. Yeah, Uh, I did chuckle a little bit because Somerset's reaction to John Doe saying that is just like Bruce Willis's reaction in The Sixth Sense in the hospital.
3: (laughs) 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 Come on, man! man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You gotta spill everything.
3: I knew it!
0: <laughs> Mills falls apart, struggling between unbelievable grief and wrath. Somerset tells Mills that if he kills John, John wins. Mills continues to wrestle with himself. An image of Tracy flashes on the screen for a second. John Doe shuts his eyes. Mills shoots him in the head.
1: That. It's like a frame or two. Yeah. And it's just enough to be in Mills' head. Yeah. And it's it's perfect. It's perfect.
0: But who can, for a fact, say that they would not have done the same thing? Oh. Who can say that?
2: Oh, no. I had a shot him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, mean, <nah. laughs> I exactly. feel like... Yeah. Honestly, I'm surprised that it wasn't more brutal. Yeah. But, I mean, his reaction, it was split second. Yeah. He... It's just unfortunate because Somerset is 100% right. Yeah. yeah. You complete this for him if you cannot keep it together. Yeah. yeah. And But how can he keep it together? You can't. Yeah. It's fucking, it's a lot.
0: John is dead, but Mills empties his gun into him before walking away. California begs the pilot to set them down for someone to call somebody. Later that night, Mills sits in the back of a cop car. The captain assures Somerset that they'll take care of him. Somerset says to give him whatever he needs. The captain asks where he'll be, and Somerset just replies that he'll be around. I did read that in some of the changed endings, in the box was the head of Mills' dog, one of his dogs.
1: Nah.
0: Um There was also a Tracy lookalike, and then at the end, she's fine. She's okay. Oh, shit. It was just <laughs> a woman that looked like her.
1: Hey, but in all fairness, that would have been fucking... Like, that would have been a lot too, because that's straight up wrath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For something that didn't even happen. Yeah.
0: I I did read one that it was like he was delivered like a TV set that showed her being tied up and tortured. It's a creep show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the exact same thing on the beach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> they still have time to save her. Yeah. But oh. she, but John Doe has her somewhere. They,
1: Mm-mm. they had written, I think back when Christmas vacation was doing it. Uh, Christmas vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had wanted to do it to where the showdown was like at a church and like John Doe's got like that TV set and everything. And as Walker, I believe his name was, was writing it. He was like, is this fucking Batman? Like, what for real, we, not- like, we are in Gotham, it's right? It's the Riddler yeah. or whatever. <laughs> ridiculous. There was another ending that they had talked about where it would be Somerset that shoots John Doe before Mills Can, and it's a way of preserving Fuck. his optimism and his hope for the world. Somerset does it, and he's like, what did you just do? And Somerset says, I'm retiring
0: fuck yeah all right that i don't i'm not that's mad not at that. that's not horrible yeah. yeah i'm not mad at that i do not like the other ones no but no. that one i'm not mad at
1: i don't mind the other one that they did with the first uh screening where it the film ended right after mills walks off after having shot him yeah, yeah. i i don't mind that being just a jarring ending yeah. yeah but i do they don't seem to care for it this coda that's coming up next yeah i like it i
0: do too i like it yeah But we hear Somerset's voice. Ernest Hemingway once wrote, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. It cuts to black and the credits roll down instead of up. Yes. Pretty cool. And Kevin Spacey's (laughs) name is first. Yeah. Because he was not on any marketing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I have to ask, what did you guys think of Seven?
2: I really like this movie. I think I think the only thing for me is learning that I don't not that I don't care for a slow burn, but it's not really my thing. Uh, it it is kind of with this movie still too, though. So it's not that I dislike the movie, but again, I'm not in a hurry to watch it as soon as I've just watched it. You know what I mean? If that makes
1: sense. I you would consider this a slow burn. Well, I don't not I
2: wouldn't even say a slow burn. It's just uh I it's kinda like I said too before. For me it falls into that whole same category of me having to pay attention to stuff and this and that. <laughs> I just wanna watch it. I just but that it also saves the movie that it's just straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. So th- it's hard for me to to try to sit here and be like, you know, I gotta put pieces together when they kinda just as the movie goes give you the pieces to put together right so it is in a weird spot for me but i do really enjoy this movie i think maybe the fact that it's just kind of one tone because everything like you said is bleak
3: Uh so it's like
2: it's like okay no well man that was great i need a minute before i watch that again Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think uh it's not so much the like i said the slow because it's not But it is also something that I don't feel like I'm going to necessarily watch next week. But I will say that if you've never seen this movie, watch it and I can understand how you How you guys love this movie. Because I'm sure if I watched this a lot, I probably would have too. Mm -hmm. But this is for me too falls in the same thing like with Fight Club. Yeah, I seen it, but I mean I'm probably Fight
0: Club so much.
2: I (laughs) I don't though. Because so it's like, but I do like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think Brad Pitt did amazing in that. You know what I mean? Would I watch that? Hell yeah, I'll watch that again. Which is so. Well, you're I, just so, but you're, you're <laughs> such a wild card. Yeah, you're not I, even. You don't
0: even yeah. really like Tarantino. Yeah, you hate Tarantino. Yeah, I, yeah you're but, that all over the place. but that movie's fine. But that movie's is fine
2: Yeah, it is very really uh, good. But no, this is a fantastic movie from beginning to end. It is. But like I said, learning now as I'm older, what kind of movies I like, and I will that I am willing to rewatch. This, I hate even saying that this isn't one of them. It is a very good movie. Everything about it is, like you said, for me, almost perfect. It doesn't fit in my wheelhouse, so I can't say that it's perfect, Mm -hmm. but I can understand why to other people it is. Right. But no, the fantastic movie. Everything about it is great. I wish that I enjoyed stuff like this more. Uh, because everything in it is has a meaning and packs a punch when it's supposed to, and then it doesn't when it doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. There isn't those weird uh, like uh, scenes where somebody's doing something or they're laughing for no reason. Even them laughing in the house, they're laughing because <laughs> their situation is <laughs> shitty, but they're you know yes. what I mean. It's yeah. like that's still funny. Yeah, this sucks, but that's kind of funny. You gotta admit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, this movie is really, really good
1: i was very interested to revisit it because i haven't seen seven in some years now yeah yeah but we w- watched the hell of it as kids and i was like well you know it seems to me that the movies we watched so much as kids watching them again as an adult not only do you st- have that nostalgic pull right you gain more of an appreciation for it because i understand way more about filmmaking than i did when i was 13 right, right. You well know? I, I would hope i would hope so yeah, <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> but seeing you know this put together hearing about everything that they did all the shortcuts they didn't take yeah uh the idea behind this film being so original the elements of a lot of the filmmaking that have been so aped by so many other filmmakers mm. yeah it's it's really just great yeah like i just feel like this is a brilliant brilliant film the ideas that are put forward as far as these conflicting ideals, Somerset and Mills. Yeah, yeah. Small things that really don't seem to matter that much. You have a little meeting at a coffee shop between Somerset and Tracy. Yeah. And you realize later... This is to set up his emotions when he opens the box. Yeah, yeah. Because this is someone he formed a connection with. Yeah. Someone he knows personally. He had dinner sitting across from them. Right. It isn't just these weird little scenes that are like, well, I guess maybe you should meet Mills' wife. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's very important. And then Mills' growth as a character, and then unfortunately, ways he didn't grow as a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the small bits with John Doe fucking with them in the shadows a, a lot. Yeah. Like it's just so well crafted and so well put together. I look, everybody knows that um my favorite crime thriller is Zodiac. Yes. But this is this is a close second for me. All right. I I this Memories of a Murder mm-hmm. are also brilliant if you've seen that one. I have
0: not. Watch but it. it's on our list. Or
1: is it Memories of Murder? I get the title fucked up sometimes. <laughs> <know>. It's great. <laughs> but I know the movie you're talking about. Yes, it's great. Um, but no, this to me is like peak. And it's so weird that this is only a second film. No, yeah, that yeah, is, that's, that's, that's impressive. Uh-huh. Like, how do you have that much confidence? Like you're just, you're brilliant, dude. Right. Yeah. I hope you're listening. David, <laughs> <laughs> David. <laughs> Dave, come here. Yeah. Come here for a second.
0: Um, no, it's no surprise. I love this. It was again, a kind of turning point for me because this is the, like, this is my bread and butter, the mm-hmm. vibe of this, the, full circle moments that I, I just seeing this at whatever fucking age I saw it. It was like, wow, y'all can do that. Like, I don't know. It hit me in a way that no other movie had ever hit me before. And yeah, fight club. When I moved out, I would go to sleep watching it on DVD. And so that the like menu music (laughs) would be like, it's like I was being fucking hypnotized to it. I have like an unhealthy thing with fight club. It's weird. Um, (laughs) but <laughs> <laughs> i've seen it once oh and then try to watch
2: it again and did not care i so. haven't watched oh, it man. in years yeah. because
0: i wore it the fuck out same with this i had not seen this in years so it was such a treat revisiting it mm-hmm. yeah noticing things like i'm i'm telling you the background at wild bill yes look gonna... i swear that's him i know it's him <laughs> i know it um just all the performances i mean this was just such an important film to me as a teenager and revisiting it it hasn't lost anything for me and that's no. always such a risk when you revisit those films that you really really loved when you were younger that it's like oh i don't know yeah. but this one does <laughs> it, it for me fully holds up so i guess we can go into ratings sure um big shocker <laughs> hold on to your tits guys <laughs> this it is such a special film i was so nervous working on the script because i was like i have to pay tribute like I have to do it right <laughs> I'm getting over being sick I'm sure everybody can hear it in my voice but I'm like I did the absolute best that I could I have so much love for this I think it is so special I think it is clear how special it is and how many how much has been taken from it yes I love this movie <laughs> the atmosphere the music the story the characters I I just really really love this it's very special to me very important to me Um, what fucking what else can I say Uh, it's like you had said John Paul if this is something that you have not seen even though we just spoiled the entire thing but it is from 1995 (laughs) so give us a break (laughs) go watch this even having it spoiled the set design I mean it is it's incredible it is so good but having said all of that on a scale from one to 10 sadistically sinful statements. Very good. I am shockingly giving seven, (laughs) 10 out of 10 sadistically sinful statements. Once again, like I said, up top, we had a lot of debate about whether this film was actually even allowed to be covered. Right. I want to thank everyone who made this possible because it
3: (laughs) (laughs) it
2: took
0: a lot of convincing, a lot of prodding, but I will now open up the floor.
2: So I know that, like I said, I didn't watch it a lot right. and I and I have no problem admitting that it is a good movie. Um, I won't go as high as what you did because I don't have that nostalgia for the movie. I get it. And it's, like I said, it, I can even recognize how good of a movie it is. Right. I do understand that, but... Again, it does surprise me to even say, I mean, I if I didn't watch this movie in the next twenty years, I wouldn't care. And that's
0: because it's so impactful that it stays with you and you don't need to watch sure. it again. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. No, he's, he's shining you on. <laughs> <laughs> not in a that's bad Not yeah. in a bad way, but
2: like I said, doing this does help. Also, us, when we do the movies, it helps you to learn what you really, really like and what you... And I did really enjoy this movie and seeing the way that it was crafted and how good it is, so I can understand, like I said, why your score is a 10. Yeah. But also, with that learning and watching it, I do enjoy it, but like I said, really thinking about it, if I didn't watch this for a long time, it wouldn't bother me. Uh Uh-huh. Like... But I could say the same thing could be said for Jack Frost. You know what I mean? <laughs> but and I'll and I'll be honest on the cool. I I first would be like, let's watch Jack Frost I was instead say, of Don't seven.
3: You fucking say
2: it. I <laughs> but, knew you were gonna but say but it. But that's he me though. I'm a silly ass dude, so I want to watch some silly ass shit. Not saying that seven is too much, but I feel like it's the perfect word. Is how you mentioned it. Bleak. And so if that's the whole movie, yeah, it's really good, but I want to see my house while I'm flying through the air. You know what <laughs> I mean? Oh my God. So uh, it's just, you know, the 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 other side, the door, I don't know if you know it, but it's kind of warm. <laughs> is that? I it's mean, warm, you know, it's warm. So I I and all that to say, on a scale from one to ten, sadistically sinful statements. There you go. I'm gonna give seven an eight out of 10. Okay. All right. it, it I know, like I said, I can't deny that it's not a good movie. It's uh-huh. an excellent movie, but thinking about it and trying to put it somewhere to fit in with what I like, it doesn't fit. Not to say, like I said, that it's not a good movie because uh-huh. it is. It's a fantastic movie, but to put it in somewhere in between evil dead and like the wicker man or some shit it, it just doesn't go there. I, Even in the Mouth of Madness, there's silly shit going on in there. Oh, there is. And, God, I, is I, okay? and I, <laughs> I, to me, that's fucking fantastic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's also a different pace throughout the whole movie. There's ups and downs. There's silly shit. There's scary shit. There's, this movie is just the tone the whole time. Yeah. We get those two small breaks of laughter. Uh-huh that's it and they are small yeah i and feel like that's it you
0: said it perfectly when you said that the more that we do this the more we really realize what we like and yeah. what is like movies that you're like wow they made this for me yeah right and you're i mean we're gonna have a bias on those i feel like you you that was very well said because like you what did you give <laughs>
1: Oh, it was, it was obscene. What did you give Jack Frost? <laughs> <laughs> was 7.5? So it, yeah. it was
0: appalling. Hey, and I had but, never seen that
1: movie no.
2: at all. But that no. is,
0: that's so you, because we, we post our schedules early on our Patreon. Yeah. And when we posted that one, I feel like December was pretty stacked. Yes. Yeah. But everyone was talking about Jack Frost and it was like, JP, JP, JP. Yeah. So it's like, we have our own vibe, right, you right. know? So I totally get it. No offense taken No, yeah. that it's only half a point uh, higher than Jack Frost. No, <laughs> no offense taken, but I get it for sure.
1: I I mean, I get it. Everybody has their own taste. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their own opinion on things. And I think that's what I enjoy most about sitting at this table. Yeah. yeah. Is that no matter what it is, it's going to be respected. Yeah, yeah. Like you give Jack Frost a 7.5. <laughs> you gave it a 7.5. That's how you feel. That's how he feels. So he did it. He said it with his yep. chest. He did. Oh, no, yeah. He did.
0: You got to respect it
1: um for me with seven though it is one of those films that I was like you and I was a little worried about revisiting so yeah because I'm like man is it is it gonna remind me of like uh like the cringe factor of having written some shit on my notebooks (laughs) yeah yeah you know but instead it was more rewarding than I could have possibly anticipated the positives for me is just the filmmaking as a whole Mm -hmm. yeah the directions great cinematography I meant to call out the composer, the guy who did the score is Howard Shore, and he not only won an Oscar for Lord of the Rings, Oh, he scored The Silence of the Lambs.
0: Holy Damn, shit. all right. Well, yeah. he yeah. sure yeah. did a great job. <laughs> yeah. I
1: guess. For sure. For yeah. sure. But um, all of it Sorry. together. No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't make the joke, I probably would have tried it. <laughs> but I mean, the production design is brilliant. The way that everything is edited these sequences that and i i don't say this lightly i think that that chase scene is one of the greatest things ever put to film
0: it's
2: Uh, great oh yeah that's
1: one of my favorite things i've ever seen i i watched this movie like you i was very nervous about covering it I watched it four times um, in preparation. Yeah, yeah. And every single time I did, the parts that would get familiar, I would take some notes or whatever. But when it came to that chase scene, I stopped everything I was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're focusing And fucking focus. Yeah. It's great. I, I can't get enough. Um, the tension is off the charts in this film. And I think that that is such a delicate balance because if you are too bleak and too whatever, you can check out of it because it can be like, dude, this is overwhelming. Like, dude, this is yeah. like
0: fucking depressing. <laughs> <It is.
1: laughs> But I mean, I don't know. And I feel like maybe if there was a bit more levity, I don't know that it might it would have been a different film for. for one, yeah. Yeah. But I think that the way that they were trying to have this conversation about humanity, it's almost kind of like we just talked about with um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Is it worth saving? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what we're yeah. dealing with here.
0: Damn. Maybe we should lighten up next yeah. week. God <laughs> damn.
1: <laughs> Two in a row is a bit much, yeah. dude. It's been
0: a rough start <laughs> to the year. Fuck.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't find a flaw with this film. There's nothing that I'd say, oh, I that. Yeah. No, every single thing that they did to me, I was like, that's the right choice. Right. Yeah. And, you know, not that I'm some arbiter or whatever, but I am giving out a score at the end of this. So what I mean to say... <laughs> is out of 10 sadistically sinful statements i will be joining you in a and giving seven ten sadistically sinful statements out of ten i was had to stop because of, it was two numbers well, i was gonna say was the title being seven I like, I'm giving 7 seven i'm yes yeah seven, ten. Seven, 10. split yes we're bowling now we got the spare right
0: yeah. <laughs> well that's all from us at pod mortem what would you rate seven and what should we watch next let us know on Twitter at the ThePodMortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, hardening your heart is the easy way out. Just like light conquers dark, empathy can defeat apathy. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Yeah! you yeah. are ridiculous.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a special thank you to...
1: Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa... TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rezac, Molly Gerhardt, Armand
0: Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Lisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston,
2: Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G., Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Craig Kowalski, Beth, Nick Spill, Emma Hegel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Nochez, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta,
1: Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William Rush, Katarina, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lasseter, Natalie De Guzman, Eileen O, Wesley Wyatt, Morgan Freenomorph, and Marissa E. Yeah. Yeah. What's in the box, right? What's in the box?
0: (laughs) And I got to say, after the bleakness of this film, (laughs) all of you are a little slice of heaven. All right. I get like the hell and sins and sins. Well, it rhymes
1: with seven as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like seven minutes in heaven.
1: Well, that's a little suggestive. Uh,
0: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) Until next time.